welcome to my art form. It's time for post-orthodoxy, a show about changing our minds. Yeah, baby. With your host, Dark and Ainsley Sevier. Maybe what they believe about reality isn't all of reality. What? I know, right? We are on a mission to have a better time with more people more often. The question is, how do you get there? Post-orthodoxy explores strongly held beliefs, how those belief systems divide or connect people, and what might be found beyond those reality bubbles. Keep calm. Don't lose your head. I've got a piece of chocolate here with me because i got anxiety about doing this. Welcome to this neighborhood, neighbor. Welcome to Post-Orthodoxy. Welcome to the Outpost in the Borderlands. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um... I've learned so many things from editing our shows over the last couple of weeks that we have a sound imbalance between us because I have a condenser mic and you have the other kind of the mic. The other kind, the sexy kind. Yeah, the really dynamic, yeah. The dynamic kind. The dynamic microphone, yeah. yeah. But anyway, bear with us. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the live stream. I'm really happy to do today's show. I guess we should start as normal with who are we and what are we doing here? And a disclaimer. Who are we? Dark and Ainsley Sevier. Yeah, this is post-orthodoxy. Uh, as she said, an outpost in the borderlands. What does that mean? I guess it's, uh, let's see, outpost in the borderlands is a place where you, a place you might find on your travels between belief systems. Oh. When you take a moment to step beyond whatever community or reality bubble that you live in and venture off into the wilds of the unknowns of, of not thinking you know everything, oh. which is a great hmm. thing to do. Hmm. Um, you might find the outpost in the Borderlands, and we'll be here talking about weird shit and stuff you're not supposed to ask questions about. and Holding opposing ideas in our mind at the same time. Without being stressed about it. To evaluate them and yeah. see which one might be best to subscribe to. We just talk about stuff like this all the time together all week and we're constantly interacting with you guys on facebook we've had a really fantastic weekend we finally found some tricks to get uh beyond the algorithm and um and get our posts out there so people can actually see what we're talking about um the algorithm has already told dark a few weeks ago that he was going to they were going to throttle me they were like if you keep sharing content like this we won't let people see it um, and that's them admitting it. I know that they do that. It's very clear that they do that even without admitting it all the time. It was really nice. They sent me a notice and said, by the way, if you keep sharing stuff like this, we're going to limit who sees it. Yes. Um, um, and, and they do, but we've been, you know, I've honestly been in rebellion against using code words this whole time. You know, it looks it's like, it makes you look like a conspiracy nut. It makes you look like a conspiracy nut. If you say the C or the J or whatever, or you, you know? do some permutation of the letters so With that the algorithm zero. won't pick it up. And I've yeah. been watching my friends whose posts I do see <laughs> doing that. Yeah. And I've been super resistant. So, well, and I also am a child of Harry Potter and we all know that you when you do not name the thing you are admitting it has power over you mm. and so i was like i'm not going to not say voldemort oh i'm going to say voldemort 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 bloody and mary little juice and then we Candy got man. we got throttled <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we've gotten really cr clever this week specifically um in some dedicated experiments to uh to uh See what we can get through the AI? Yeah, to get past the algorithm yeah. and using a bunch of code language and like photos instead of links. Trying to be 
poetic. Yeah. You have to be poetic. The nice thing is, this is this subject, um, the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic and everything to do with it, is on the forefront of everybody's mind so much that I can just say it. And everybody, everybody immediately knows, knows well, what I'm talking about. It's only about. the most important thing it's of the day. It's only the most important thing. Um, Zach Mahaffey is tuning in on Facebook and says, enjoying the views being explored. Oh, yay. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks and for playing. Deborah Lynch on Twitch. Old Deb here. Yay. Old Deb here. Hey, old Deb. All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. This um, is an interactive show. We put this bot in the middle of the video so that we can get conversations going with people so if you know anybody that might like to have a conversation outside the mainstream today on the issues surrounding SARS-CoV-2 and the COVID pandemic please take a minute and send this video to three of them so it'll be great you can do that on Facebook YouTube or Twitch yes and we want to be really clear we are here uh, telling you and sharing with you the process of of us finding out things Mm -hmm. And hopefully changing our mind to have the most up-to-date and accurate view on some of the most important things going on in the world today. Yes. That's the goal. We're just like, we're trying to do this for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we would like to show you what we're doing. So it's not like, you know, there was a rash of these things that went around that said, you must not do your own research. <laughs> Critical thinking's a bad idea these days. We 100% know. do our own and research. And those are not hyperbolic. That Those things That's literally were what they said. Yeah, stop. <laughs> Looking into this issue yourself. Do not. And critical thinking is really kind of an inconvenience for things right now. It was really bad. So it was so bad. We're critically thinking, and we, I hate to use the term research because they've, they've fucked with it. Mm-hmm. Whoever they are, the media gods have fucked with it because it's, what was I saying? What word? Research? Yeah, the media gods just zapped it out of my head. Oh. Um, <laughs> research. You mean research. TikTok. So somebody really confronted me and said, dude, you're not doing your own research. Research is when you get a bunch of rocks and you crush them and you put them through machines and you do and you write a paper Reagents and then you have it peer reviewed and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I'm like, that's a kind of research. Mm-hmm. If you look up kinds of research, there's this laundry list of kinds of research. Yes. It is also research to look at someone else's research. To gather information. Uh, Otherwise, your college professor screwed you. (laughs) The root of the word uh, research is to investigate. Yeah. So we are investigating a story. Yeah, that's true. And And so we're sharing that with you. And these ideas that we have right now, we're totally open to change. I'm totally open to, I have another admission today of a mistake that I made in a Facebook post where I can correct myself. John Ivankovich wants to know if this is live. It is live. You're live right now, my friend. Thank you, John. Please. Take a moment and share it with some loved ones. Speaking of John, I'd like to read. I'd like to share. Hey, you know, our this little. This is the point. Our little page here. What page? Post-Orthodoxy? No, the document that I made today. Oh, yeah. If you pull that up, I can start scrolling. I, I made a. I want to tell everybody why I'm so excited about this show in particular. So trying to get through the algorithm, trying to talk to my community, people who said they wanted to be my friends. And people who I wanted to be their friend. Suddenly, I can't talk to them because I said things that were outside of the ministry of truth. Mm. So getting poetic, I made a post on uh, on Facebook. And I shared it with a meme. And I thought, I'm going to try to make this post as non-COVID-y as possible while still talking about COVID. And then if I make it in a way where the algorithm can't pick it up, 
maybe we'll actually have a conversation about the stuff that I'm concerned about. Right. So I did that. And then I added a meme and, um, and I predicted that if I added the meme, I would be uh, throttled. Because the meme was about COVID. Because it's a the well-known COVID meme. The meme was about COVID. So I did that. And then I, and then I did the little cartoon that says, hey, where's the little fact check box? And right. then it showed up within like 30. <laughs> do the COVID-19 like, fact check thing. Yeah, do it. And it did. It shows up in my thing. I'm like, okay. So I thought this would be fun for me to take the same text that I wrote. Make set. I made seven. I thought I made six. Seven posts wow. with the same text uh-huh. and add different images and see how many warnings and if they get through the algorithm or not. It, it was a really fascinating experiment. Uh, experiment. So is I did this the, in dark show notes. It's dark show notes and it's today's date. Sweet. Yeah. November fourteenth. That's right. November fourteenth. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I have feelings. <laughs> All right, so I was super excited. So I'm like, let's do this thing. So I do this thing, and I make the post. I make seven posts, and suddenly I'm talking to people I haven't talked to in months. Some suddenly people, people are seeing I it. I haven't talked to in years. Yeah. Because, and I'll read, I'll read the post. The original post. The original post. Um, because this is the burning issue of the day for me right. anyway. Um, so this is the original post. Help me understand... Why are parents willing to put their kids at risk with an experiment with current known and future unknown risks because of a phenomena that does not put your kids at significant risk? Mm. So I think it's a pretty straightforward question. Yeah. Why are we vaccinating kids if they're not at risk? Now, I know some of the answers, but I wanted to hear the answers. Because I think it's important to not just have an answer, but have some kind of evidence behind the answer to justify while you're putting that into the public sphere. Right. You should be not just spreading bullshit, pooping into the narrative with something that somebody like fed you you earlier. Do you know something that makes you feel as though giving these treatments to children is safer for them than just them having COVID? What I'm finding out is most people are, it's very faith-based. It feels very faith-based. Um. I think faith is a wonderful thing when you don't know what's going on or you don't have access to information. Yeah. Um, And then you have to trust. You have to have some faith. Um, But when there is information available and you choose to ignore that, that's where faith starts to turn a little sour. Yes. And it becomes, uh, what would you call that? It's a... um, Dogma. Yes. It becomes a dogma. Yeah. Or an orthodoxy. If I may. <laughs> so anyway, um, can you pull up that doc? It's up. Oh, my God. It's on the screen. People are seeing it. So I wanted to read. I really want to appreciate the people who are appreciating the show. We're out here doing this. We're not making a ton of new friends. We're losing a ton of friends. And most of the people that do like our content don't say anything because they would get canned and blacklisted. Because they would lose friends. Because so they would lose friends. The people who appreciate our show are sending us messages in private, which I really appreciate and yes. I encourage because to have people say, hey, oh we appreciate what you're doing makes us not feel quite as crazy as yeah. people who are upset at us think that we are. And we keep all of our we keep all of our messages 
incognito, anonymous, unless you say otherwise. But please, if you like what we're doing, you could review us on Facebook, you could like us on YouTube, you could follow us on Twitch or Twitter. Either one of those things would be really great for our morale. And yes. um, if you can't do any of those things because of community issues and social pressures, just send us a message on the side and tell us to keep up the good work because, God, it is exhausting it's exhausting and sad. Even if you're not on Twitter, you can go to Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the post-Orthodoxy Twitter page, I really started leaning into in the last two weeks because I'm not getting as throttled um, or threatened um, as I have been on Facebook. Even though the stuff that I post on Facebook is not violating no. terms and they haven't banned me. I've never been in Facebook jail. I've never said something that was so outrageous or so wrong or so hurtful or so harmful yeah. or so that they've kicked me. I've never been kicked off. A friend of the show, Julie Deschner, was sharing a friend's vaccine experience anonymously for that friend. And she got put into Facebook jail for three days. For sharing somebody's experience. For sharing somebody's testimony. So I have not been kicked off, but I'm still being thrown. Weirdly. So, well, I'm very careful about the information that I share. Yeah. I'm very careful about, like qualifying things mm -hmm. um, my, my main friend that gets put in facebook jail all the time is constantly speaking out against white supremacy and the oligarchy so he, he likes being he wears it like that. a badge of honor because he's constantly trying to bring it about the overlords and i respect that some people like to be spanked <laughs> um so <sighs> for a good cause where was i um God, i forgot Oh, well, we're having this conversation. Oh, no, I was going to read this comment. I was going to read um, some, uh, I really, um, friend of the show. Yeah. We'll just say friend of the show. A uh, friend of the show sent a note this morning after the very particular, we're going to dive into this whole Facebook Ooh. algorithm experiment next, but um, this is uh, somebody who was involved with watching the story. Uh, said, good morning, good sir. I just want to say thank you for everything you're doing to help inform people it must be exhausting. Aww. I applaud you. Please keep up the good work. This is all so very important. Thank you. And that, I, I can't tell you how much that goes to putting some wind in our sails as we do this show. Um, because it's really difficult for people to publicly support what we're doing. And I, do, I, I totally get that because we have suffered so um, much loss socially. Uh, to a very surprising amount, people who have just decided that, nope, you are no longer a person. You are other and no longer worthy of regard. You're wrong and bad. Not because we said anything incorrect, but because we said things that that those people... Think are incorrect. Think are incorrect, yeah. but they're not providing... I would like to be shown how I'm incorrect. This is the whole point. I've been like, saying this the whole time. If I'm showing something and you're like, that's wrong. I'm like, well, please show me how it's wrong yeah. so I can be right. Show me on and the data like, where this is wrong. Here's a link to the CDC. I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> and I've read some serious CDC studies that people have sent. Yes. Um, but none and of And they debunked themselves in this. Uh, yeah, they debunk themselves. <laughs> and then they say, this study has been updated to reflect decreasing vaccine effectus, eff efficacy over time. This study has been updated to reflect increased mor morbidities from the vaccine over time. Like, I'm just... So the things that people have been sharing have been updated because there's a new fucking reality going on right now. Things have evolved. Uh, safe and effective is a propagandized... Uh, what do you call it? Safe and effective is a... a Public relations slogan. A public slogan. relations slogan. Yes. That has no basis in current science. It is, um, 
not effective. Yeah. It might be effective for a little while while you get it. And then the defectiveness decreases. Effectiveness decreases. Pretty quick. Yeah, the, yeah. the defectiveness. Nope. Nope. <laughs> the defectiveness nope. increases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Over time. Yeah. So at about 90 days, it takes you from like maybe 80, 99% efficacy down to below 50. So what they, uh, what the Walensky, Walansky from the CDC said in August was, People who got the vaccine early, which means the people who now were furthest out from, um, it shows that uh, data has shown that people who got the vaccine early are more prone to severe infection now. She said that. That's the CDC. They said that in August. Yeah. So if you got the vaccine, she said you are more prone to serious infection as it wanes. Zachary Mayhaffey says people want to believe their truth, quote unquote, with no regards to opposing facts. We talk about this a lot. We started out season two talking a lot about trauma. We started out the entire show talking a lot about religion and politics and the dogmas that people get wrapped up in where you feel like you can't change your mind or you're unsafe or you can't change your mind or people will stop talking to you. Um, and the SARS-CoV-2 stories because there are a lot of different stories about it, yep. have become these same kinds of truths um, as opposed to uh, actual actual truth or fact, actual fact. It's become a personal truth where people, um, the more that we present reliable data that pokes holes in people's beliefs about SARS-CoV-2, the more they have to become defensive against us in order to defend the way that they think reality is because it makes you feel primarily unsafe. Yeah, there's a lot of hostility going on. I'd uh, like to There's make, not a lot of conversation. Yeah. There's actually like, you're wrong, and then I'm like, well, here's the data showing that I don't think I am, and mm -hmm. it seems like your position is wrong, and then, the, then ad hominem attacks. I would rather know the truth than feel right. Yeah. I would rather know the truth than feel right. And people share things with me that they feel supports their position. And then I go in and I read the whole article or I click through to the sources or whatever it is. And it ends up being, um, I really haven't, the, the thing I'm confronted with most right now yeah. uh, this week from finally being able to have conversations with people on Facebook wow. um, is that uh, is a, a, a study that was sent to me by Brian Sinclair, who's um a professor here in town and he a very intelligent person and engages with us unemotionally on the subject which, which I really I appreciate, appreciate yeah. so much he's like look I disagree with you but I'm not going to be shitty about it <laughs> I can tell his intensity about his, a feeling about he feels the subject, very intense but, but it, do, it doesn't get personal he's not making it personal which is what we want in our in a good Grecian discourse yes that's right um so uh he shared a study with me that evaluated instances of myocarditis in people who had COVID-19 symptoms from March 2020 to January 2021. And I nearly like my eyeballs like melted and fell out of my head reading through all the data last night. And then I went and spent a ton of time on VAERS looking at the vaccine injury reports. And then I spent a ton of time on the CDC coalition site where they've put together by age group how many people have died and how many people have been vaccinated. And I just like my brain almost fell out. Um, but... I have not been able, what he's saying with that study is it doesn't matter if the kids get myocarditis from the shot because this study says they have more risk of getting myocarditis from regular natural COVID than from the shot. And I'm like, okay, well, in order to prove that, 
I would have to find current data of people under 18 who have gotten the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine and how many have reported cases of myocarditis. And that's really, really hard to find in the US and I'm gonna have to start going to like the National Institute for Health in, in Britain and Israel and Sweden to kind of try and find, because those countries are doing a much more honest job of putting their data together than the US as the US has been making it very difficult. I've been sharing sources to that data on our post-Orthodoxy Twitter page. There so, are a lot of kids having of heart links. attacks. Uh, well, I, and that's the other thing. Somebody called me out because heart attack and myocarditis are not necessarily related. No, they're not. They're not the same thing. And I malapropsed um, uh, Aaron Parrott and Matthew Marsalek or somebody else called me out okay. for saying that I misused the word heart attack when I should have said myocarditis. And they're right, I think. So I'm very careful about using heart attack and myocarditis or cardiac arrest. Right. Myocarditis is different. Cardiac arrest is different. Pericarditis is different. Yes. Heart attack is different. The CDC, when it talks about it, it, it usually starts its article saying, look, there's myocarditis, there's pericarditis, there's myopericarditis, and we're just going to say myocarditis about all of those things. And all of those things are in a subset. Um, I want to do a disclaimer. We are not here offering medical advice. Fuck no. At all. We're trying to understand the story. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. We are not being um, paid or coerced to say these yeah. things to you. Yeah. There are people who support us via postorthodoxy.com and our subscription to support the work that we're doing that we're not getting paid for, but we're not beholden to them to say anything in particular to you. Every single mainstream news source is beholden to its donors to say certain Ad things to you. Advertisers, sorry. Um, donors. So that's, that's difficult. Yeah. Um, but I just want to let people know, like, we're... Take a step back if you're mad <laughs> and ask yourself, like, why do they keep saying this stuff? Because we have people that come at us like, why are you sharing this data? Why are you telling people that the shots are dangerous for children? I'm like, well, because, like, if you look because at... Because it's the new shit that's come out. The number of children that are dying. <laughs> yeah. If you, you if you look at these things. Um, because we're worried. Because we're concerned. We're concerned citizens just like our friends that disagree with us are concerned citizens. Um, we became concerned very early on last year about the effects of the lockdowns and masks on um, a variety of morbidities besides COVID-19 morbidities and got slapped for wondering if the safety measures that are being put in place over the last two years are going to do more good than harm. Footnote, they are. They are already doing more harm than good. Yeah. Proven correct in our yeah. prognostication. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, sorry. I I'll just go rattling on and on. Anyway, no, I, I'm not I, I'm not giving health advice. I'm not anti-vax. No. I'm pro-choice and I'm pro-informed consent. And I don't think that my friends are having con informed consent. Let's get meta on this conversation right now. Let's get meta. Okay. The thing that I want to show is the experiment that I did on Facebook fucking with the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So, this is about censorship. It is also concerned with COVID. But this is about censorship okay? and how our realities are being manipulated without our full awareness of them. What I post, nobody looks at. I think, hmm, it must not be right or it must be unpopular. I guess I'll stop posting it. Maybe people, another picture of a puppy dog. And then 180 people yeah. like the picture. Everybody likes the picture of the puppy dog, but nobody wants to hear. Out of your 3,000 friends. <laughs> yeah. 
Out of 3,000 people, nobody talks Nobody about- is interested in, um, let's say that the CDC advertises benefits of the vaccine that the vaccine manufacturers cannot legally advertise because it would be false advertising to make claims not conclusively demonstrated by control trials. Hmm. Why don't people have a problem with the CDC as a proxy advertiser? That's a bold statement. That is a very bold statement. Do you have anything to back that up? Yeah, I'll back it up. Uh, I back that up by saying the CDC changed the definition of vaccine in uh, September of this year. Yeah. That way, they can call the Pfizer product a vaccine. And the Moderna product and the Johnson & Johnson product. Because as we got closer to October, actually, we knew by August, um, that it's not an actual vaccine according to the definition. The, yeah. Then the CDC could not keep talking about the vaccine. So, so, so there used to be this bubble that would um, describe. They would have to call it a failed experiment, right. whatever there used to be this, language they would use. Like, so a vaccine used to exist inside this definition. And we were like, oh, smallpox, polio, measles, mumps, and Vaccines. rubella, tuberculosis. Those things were, you would be given something and that thing would keep you from having that illness or spreading it to your community which is how we were able to be done with those illnesses and in the beginning of the coronavirus conversation they spent a lot of time telling people to get this new treatment because vaccines work that was a phrase that went around a lot vaccines work vaccines work vaccines work and they're talking about this bubble that lived inside the definition smallpox polio tuberculosis measles we all know what that is Diseases where if you get the shot, you do not catch or spread the illness to your that's, community. That's what we traditionally assumed and and defined a vac, you know, a, yeah. a vaccine. And the director of the CDC said in March that is what our treatments are. They are vaccines. You get yeah. the shot, you do not catch or spread the illness to your community. That's what they said in March of this year. Worth considering. And so a lot of people went and got based on the shot that concept. Because they thought they were getting a vaccine. Now imagine this bubble, this definition bubble that vaccines live inside of that says if you get this shot, you will not catch or spread that illness to your community. And then imagine the SARS-CoV-2 treatments. They must, by definition, exist outside the bubble of vaccine because they do not keep you from catching the illness and they do not keep you from spreading it to the community. That does not say that they may or may not help have you use. have a less severe symptom. They may or may not help with some community spread. We don't know those things yet. We do not have data on that yet. However, they, that means they need to be called a treatment. They need to live outside the bubble of what the definition of a vaccine or is. Or a drug. A drug, a treatment. A therapy. A therapy. A therapeutic. A preventative yes. measure. Yeah, but calling it a vaccine is... Um, Incorrect. It erodes faith... By the public in really important social institutions that we need. Well, it ought to erode faith, but what it actually does no, is it's eroded ins- faith. It instills faith in the public that because this thing is called a vaccine, it must do what vaccines do, which is keep me from getting sick or spreading it to my community. So when people say the CDC lies, this is an example of what could be construed as a lie because yeah. they're calling something a vaccine that is not. So they changed the definition of the word vaccine Yeah. in September. Uh, yep. There's a, a link. I have a link somewhere. I can I'm just, pulling it up. The article. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just going to yep. start with this uh, visual. I've got the article here. Okay. 
Yeah. So um, in September, they changed the definition of a vaccine to no longer promise immunity to an illness. That's important to reiterate on this show. So instead of saying, hey, we thought we were providing you with a vaccine that would protect you from getting the illness and protect you from spreading it to your community. But unfortunately, it seems like what we provided does not do those things. So it's going to now be called what it actually is, which is a medical treatment, a preventative measure, a therapy of some kind. Uh, They said, no, we're going to take this bubble of what a vaccine is and can do and zoom it out into a bigger bubble that now encapsulates more activities and more behaviors, which weakens the entire story of vaccination. Mm. However, a lot of people don't know that, and so they don't realize they don't realize that the, the meaning of vaccination has now been chopped at the knees. Yeah, I think it's a little problematic. We cannot enforce something that, that we cannot enforce something like this. We can't medically force someone to take a, a preventative measure. Or can you? <laughs> so the definition of vaccine was changed this September, just like last month, two months ago, into the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a disease. And then I just posted a link uh, to some Karen, the emails from some Karen at, at CDC saying, hey, people are saying that this isn't a vaccine. Maybe we should change the definition. So it will be. Um, not change the vaccine, so it will be, but yeah. let's just change the definition. It's fine. So this is problematic. This is foundationally dangerous. Um, and so friends are mad at me because I'm saying it's not a vaccine. And they're like, safe and effective. I'm like, uh, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> um, it's not effective beyond the first couple of months. Well, no, no, no. Let's, let's just be, walk into this really gently. Okay. Safe and effective. Yeah. Safe meaning safe. What is safe? And effective meaning it works. Right. And what does it claim effective to do what? It is effective in the beginning, but rapidly declines in effectiveness, which is a not as catchy of a logo. Right. Of a phrase. <laughs> and and the safety part, yeah. what Walensky, which I, I linked to an article that I did up there. Yeah, um, I'll pull it up. I, I linked to it. It's the independent fact-checking article. Um, that's when the head of the CDC said, as it wanes, the people who had the vaccine are more prone to serious infection. So that doesn't sound safe overall. Right. It sounds like temporary protection that turns into compromised immune system is what it sounds like to me. Also, um, I just found out this week that if you have had the vaccine and the virus, you cannot donate convalescent plasma. Yeah. It's no good. And why would that be? Why, if it's safe and effective, why is your blood plasma, convalescent blood plasma, no longer desired? Well, I think it's because... Why is that? I think it's because... If I were to see that, I would like, if I got sick from COVID-19 and recovered, I could donate convalescent blood plasma to help someone else who was deathly ill recover from COVID by giving them some of my natural immunity, by helping their immune system copy what my immune system already did. Right. But if I get the SARS-CoV-2, one of the, the treatments that are they're calling a vaccine, I, I can't donate convalescent plasma. So non-conspiracy brain, what that tells me is... These treatments that they're calling vaccines give me a different kind of protection from SARS-CoV-2 than natural immunity gives me. 
that's what that tells me on the baseline is obviously. But natural immunity seems to be preferred by the blood bank. Right. Well, right. You cannot help save someone's life with the whatever kind of protection because you don't get immunity. No. You have to stop talking about that. You don't get immunity from these treatments. Yeah. So whatever kind of protection that you get from these um, preventative measures, this currently being called SARS-CoV-2 vaccines, is not going to save someone's life the way that convalescent plasma saves somebody's life when you've been sick with COVID and recovered and now your body has that education. Right. So uh, I think we can't mandate something like that. That seems like that would be on the nightly news as good information for folks to inform themselves, but Mm. it's not. Uh, Yes. John Ivankovich wanted us to repost the, um, the timeline of them changing the name, the definition of vaccine. Dark posted a Substack article, uh, CDC emails, our definition of vaccines. Technofog.substack.com. Yeah. This is where they have the internal emails of the CDC deciding to change the definition, to change your reality. Yeah, rather actually. than rather than like conform to admit that this is not the thing they said it was. Right. Hey, we thought we were making a vaccine, but we didn't. But we didn't. We didn't Sorry. make a vaccine. And that's fine. Science that's okay. doesn't always work, but it then but then don't change reality yeah. to conform to a failed experiment. Yeah, that's I think shitty. it's rather disingenuous. Here, I pulled the article up on the screen also. Okay. CDC emails, our definition of vaccine is problematic. Mm. Problematic vaccine? No, 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 no. Let's just change the definition. Scroll down so you can see like the sepia tone emails. I like how they sepia tone them a little bit to make it look like it's, ooh, it's a document. Mm-hmm. I go down, down. And then you can see, down. yeah, you scroll and then you see the actual emails. All right. So uh, Alicia sent an email. <clears throat> to Valerie. Alicia is the CDC's lead health communication specialist. Good for her. Health communication. So that's like public relations for the CDC, right? And she sent an email to Valerie. Yeah. I don't know who Valerie is. We don't know. But uh, Alicia said, hey, Valerie, I need to update the page, Immunization Basics, since... <laughs> the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> since these yeah. definitions are outdated and are being used by some to say that COVID-19 vaccines are not vaccines. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Could yeah. you look at the attached document and let me know if this looks okay to you? I pulled the mRNA language from the COVID-19 website. I I I don't know... If she understands what she's doing, the I feel like she doesn't. I feel like she's caged. It's not caged enough. It's like, hmm, let's just change the definition so it's right. I feel like this is a person who works for a health organization who does not actually have medical experience. I I have a hard time hating her, even though I feel like what she's doing is pure evil. But I don't think it's intentionally evil. No. But it's resulting in the shattering of reality as we know this it. This is the problem where you make reality match your beliefs about reality rather than having your beliefs about reality have to match up to reality itself. Excellent so example. She has a belief because of all the people she works with in the environment that she works in that the treatments being spread around for COVID are vaccines. And safe and effective. She believes that they're vaccines. So that must mean... She's she's mistaking her belief for reality. It's fucking awesome. She's mistaking her belief 
as if it's reality. We covered this last week, but I'm happy to do it again because it just gets crazier the more you talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we also have like 15 people watching, so I love yeah. reaching a bigger audience. Thank you to everybody who's taken a minute to like the video, put an angry face on it, like it on YouTube, share it everybody with somebody. Make, uh, but first faces. you've got to get angry. Mad. First you've got to get mad. Okay, no, but so it says she, angry, so I'm She didn't get a response right away, so... So she emailed Valerie again, Valerie Morelli. She said, I, I know you're really busy, so I appreciate your help. The definition of vaccine that we have posted on Immunization Basics is problematic, and people are using it to claim the COVID-19 vaccine is not a ba- vaccine based on our own definition. Huh. Hmm. Currently posted. How va- problematic that definition is. This, she's confusing her belief about reality for reality. And Ooh. she's going to go and make reality match her belief. Yes. Rather than say, hey, what's the definition of gravity? Things fall. Oh, well, but I don't think those. This helium bloom goes up. So, so gravity must not mean things fall. <laughs> um, that's not saying that gravity does not affect a helium balloon. It's saying that if something does not provide you with immunity to a disease and prevent you from spreading it to your community, it is not a vaccine. Well, not according to Lindsay or whatever her name is. All right, so here's the currently posted before before these emails, before this well-meaning lovey. Vaccine, a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. Immunity, it's a very specific word. Would you look up the definition of immunity while I read this, please? Immune. Vaccines are usually administered through needle injections, but can also be administered by the nose, mouth, by the mouth or sprayed through the nose. And then Alicia proposes that the CDC Immunization Basics page update the definition of vaccine in September to a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune system against immune response against diseases okay it, it, that's it here's the um it's just a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases so that's not an immunization they so they completely took out protecting the person from that disease <laughs> yeah yeah let's look up let's look up and let's look up the definition of immunity a condition of being able to resist a particular disease especially through preventing development of a pathogenic microorganism or by counteracting the effects of its products see also active immunity or passive immunity the key word here is a condition of being able to resist a particular disease they're not saying it helps you resist a particular disease it says you will resist being it. able to resist you will not get polio that's why this preparation is not a vaccine, and every time you see CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, the White House say the vaccine, know that what they're doing is living in an alternate reality than the one that we lived in in early September. Yeah. Where that is not a vaccine. Yeah. So they are warping reality and saying, why don't, and then everybody's like, we did smallpox and we did mumps and measles, you fucking idiots. And it's like, well, that was a Vaccine. Yeah. This is not a vaccine. Yeah. I guess it is because CDC said so. So Alicia sent one more email. Oh, boy. Um, Valerie responded and said, if this is for the general public, then I am good with the change. That's a convolute. That's a, that's a monster. Good. If this is for the general public then I am good with the change. So what that tells me right there, without even putting on my tinfoil hat, is that it's okay for the general public to have different 
scientific information than the scientific authorities have. So that's why um, the CDC is a proxy advertiser for the pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical companies cannot make the claims that the CDC is making. Mm. They can't call this a vaccine, but the CDC can because they changed the definition. So you can't sue the pharmaceutical companies for claiming this thing because the proxy advertiser, the CDC, who gets a lot of money from the pharmaceutical companies. Which you could know if you looked at CDC.org. Altered reality. <laughs> uh, Liz Cox shared a Wikipedia article to a Hydra vulgaris. Oh. And I'm, I don't know what it is. It's a tiny little freshwater microbe with wiggly arms. It's horrible. Oh. I'm waiting to find out what she means. What, what that means? Yeah, what it has to do. I appreciate that share. So Valerie said, if this if this new definition is for the general public, then I'm good with the change. Sus. And Alicia responded back one last time. She said, does this definition need to be updated as well? Vaccination used to mean the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. And Alicia says, we might need to change it to something like vaccination, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. When the thing that you're putting into somebody does not produce immunity, it is not a vaccine. It is something else. It might be a perfectly valid... Are you fighting the new reality? ...medical treatment. Are you in defiance of we the new reality? People are like, science changes. I'm like, yeah, but the, the second law of thermodynamics does not change. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, some basics like vaccines shouldn't change. Otherwise, we live in a world of madness. Yeah, the words mean nothing. Madness. It's okay if you want to take one of these pr- treatments. Okay. It's totally okay if you want to take one of these treatments. Yeah, but you cannot mandate something. You cannot mandate something where me taking it does not save your life. Yeah, Honestly, you can't ethically that. mandate me to do something that would save your life anyway. <sighs> but we could talk about that. I think you're smart. I would be willing to talk about that. I like watching you. I like I like the new take on the CDC changing the definition. I think we like honed it. Yeah. <laughs> since last week. Ranting helps lubricate the flow of information. Ooh. Ooh la la. Um so back to the beginning of the show. We <laughs> we did this experiment. So I decided to share seven memes with the same text that I typed above them. Some of the memes had words, some of them did not have words. Um so I shared the meme and what I said on the meme was, help me understand why are parents willing to put their kids at risk with an experiment that has current known and future unknown risks because of a phenomena that does not put kids at significant risk? Now, I knew what some of those answers were going to be. Basically, what I'm saying, why are you shooting up the kids if the thing that you're shooting them up for is less dangerous than the shoot 'em up. Yeah. Which seems to be the data that we're seeing. Yeah. And if you have data And I know what the answer to that is. Yeah. That answer is cuz the cuz grandma, Cause right? Cuz the but, kid might carry it to grandma. But I want to hear yeah. people say it because maybe they have information that I don't have. Yeah. So I I've, I've heard that information and I've mm-hmm. gone past that because it 
It's like well, but we, the definition of vaccination. There's like, whoa, yeah. we got to go deeper than the public relations phrases that are well, going well, we on. We already know that getting one of these treatments does not prevent you from carrying or spreading the disease. So I don't understand coercing and brainwashing children into taking one of these preparatory treatments, preventative measures, um, on the premise that they might save someone's life by taking it. So, so I made that post. And I put seven memes with the same text above them, mm-hmm. just images. Some images had no words. Some images had some words. So the first one that I chose, because I, car- I carefully worded the thing so that it would get under the you AI. You figured maybe the AI wasn't reading images. I figured they weren't reading images unless it was, you know. They were. They were reading images. <laughs> but the images have words on it. So they've got a way to... To like the AI can read the words. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go to that post right now. So um, the actual image said, and it's that guy from Futurama. Futurama. Why do the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use their protection that doesn't protect the protected in the first place? Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. And also where we are. Yeah. This, yeah. Q circus music. <gasps> what? I just happened to go to the Facebook feed so I could pull up that image without the fact checker on yeah. top of it. Yeah. And I just stumbled across a friend of the show who made a post, John Ivankovich. Yeah. Post orthodoxy is killing it today. Yeah. <laughs> so it. so that meme is kind of funny, but it's also really fucking serious because clue uh, uh cue sound music. We need to have like clown circus music on one of these things every time we talk about shit that is this crazy. So why do the protected? Music. Why do we need the protected to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected in the first place? Right. That's and why people give up. <laughs> why? And just say, just go to the CDC. Just please, just go read some Q, doctors. Cue circus music, but not those other doctors. So I did that. Only and, some of the doctors. And then I did that little meme that says, uh, come on, do the vaccine info box. And it popped up. Uh, and it said, partly false information. <laughs> partly false information. Find out why. So they have an independent fact checker. <laughs> Let's look at the independent fact checker. Are you? Is this thing coming up on the yep. screen? So it says fact check. And it's a lead stories article. I just want to remind everyone that anytime somebody gets one of these partly one of these fact checker boxes, a large portion of society just automatically assumes that the post is bullshit. It's 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 people the Milgram are, experiment. People are so conditioned to trust authorities that they just assume if someone fact checked this person, the whole thing must be false. I don't even need to read it. So the fact check box pops up and it says. Um, Fact check from lead stories. Fa- the shot, quote unquote, is not failing. It prevents most infections and reduces symptoms of breakthrough infections. All right. Dot, 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 let's dot. go into let's, the first paragraph. What? Let's let's go there. You're going to watch it? No, not watch it. I'm with you. Oh, okay. So the first paragraph of this lead stories, we're going to get into who lead stories is and where they came from. Ooh la la. Um, this is the first paragraph. Um, and, and they thought that this was an Ali G meme. They got the wrong meme, but they somehow lumped it into the same fact check. Right. Well, they're they're both essentially saying the, saying same, the same thing. So it says, uh, this is a meme. Is a meme correct in implying vaccination? 
the shot, <laughs> is not working to prevent COVID-19? No, that is not true. Since it uses an image of a comedian's fictional rapper character, Ali G, it may be satire. But the apparent reference to vaccinated people still getting sick ignores the fact that the point of vaccination campaigns is to sharply limit the number of hospital hospitable bodies in the overall population so that the virus can't reproduce as rapidly. Huh. No vaccine, even those credited with wiping out lethal childhood diseases, mm. is 100% effective. Mm. COVID's vaccines have been documented to reduce the symptoms of breakthrough infections. Also, the creator of Ali G has taken to Twitter to encourage people to fight the pandemic by getting vaccinated. Okay. All right. So anytime so, somebody says fact, I'm yes. like, I'm going to need you to back that up, bitch. Well, it's that's a fact if the two-month-old definition of vaccination was accurate to what a vaccination like it to that definition it's not a vaccine but if you're using the new cdc definition it is a vaccine uh, a vaccine mm-hmm. and it does reduce but they don't say how long it reduces and they don't talk about the compromised immune system that comes afterwards right so which the director of the cdc has already admitted yeah that's cdc saying that so the, the, the point of vaccination campaigns is to sharply limit the number of hospitable bodies in the overall population so that the virus can't reproduce as rapidly. I mean... The CDC has noted that over half the country has had COVID and has antibodies naturally. Oh, Jesus. Plus the, million, plus the millions of people that have already been vaccinated. Right. Like, I get... I, I, I don't know what the point of vaccination campaigns is, but the point of vaccination used to be you don't get this illness and you don't spread it to other people. Yeah. So but that's not what this treatment is doing. So it's so they're saying it's a vaccine and vaccines are vaccines. It's not any of those things traditionally. It's only those things because the alteration of reality. Marley just d- Marley has popped into the chat and she says, um, mic drop, half of us. Oh, yeah. Half? Uh, half? Uh, you should go to uh, Post Orthodoxy on Twitter, like <laughs> us, follow us, because this is where we're doing most of our data mining. This is where I'm doing most of my data mining right now um, because I'm not being throttled. By the algorithm. So um, we're not going to be able to cover all the details. I'm going to try to move through this thing, and, and uh, I appreciate the questions, and I want to get through this thing, and then we'll try to answer whatever questions come up in the feed as we're doing this. Um, so... Let's talk about lead stories. Uh, lead stories is a front or a project of the Rand Corporation. Oh, do you know who the Rand Corporation I is? I don't know who the Rand. I know about them Rand. because I had wasn't been, there like a guy that ran for Rand? No, Rand that's Paul. That's Rand Paul, Rand, okay. and there's Ann Rand. But the, <laughs> this is the Rand Corporation, which. Um, I know about because I went deep, deep, deep down the conspiracy hole back in the early 90s. Right. And the Rand Corporation was there. I'll just say that. So I just looked up, what is the Rand Corporation? Um, Rand Corporation, research and development, that's what it means, is an American nonprofit global policy think tank created in 1948 by Douglas Aircraft Company. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot to unpack there. Can you say that again slower? Yeah. Rand Corporation, which stands for Research and Development, okay. 
is an American nonprofit global policy Wait, think tank. American nonprofit global policy think tank. Think tank. Created in 1948. Okay. By the Douglas Aircraft Company. A global think tank nonprofit created by an aircraft company? To offer research and analysis to the United States Armed Forces. It is financed by the U.S. government. I just feel like government military organizations shouldn't be allowed to be nonprofits. And private endowment. Corporations, oh. universities, and private individuals. Let's go further. Okay. The Rand Corporation, established in 1948 in California with the purpose of military planning, research, and decision development has 1,950 employees from 50 different countries. Okay. RAND has a total revenue of $345 million, with more than half coming from U.S. government institutions. Looking at the overall ranking, they had received $61 million from the U.S. Department of Defense in security agencies, $46 million from the Department of Homeland Security, $40 million from the U.S. Army, and $49 million from the U.S. Air Force. So um, Lead Stories is a military operation. Right. Helping form global strategies. Okay. So it's very clear. This is, for some reason, a military operation that's allowed to be a 501c3, which I think is just ethically bullshit. That is a... This but, is so beautiful. But okay. So yeah. so our information that... Our question that we posed... <laughs> our question that we posed about um, why we're giving children a safe? medical treatment that is already failing... Um, is being fact-checked by a global military think tank. Correct. An independent fact-checker. kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, you can go down. What I liked is that I knew that Rand, a think tank, what that means is they basically are a part of the, um, they don't call it propaganda, they call it public relations. Uh, the Rand Corporation is a big part of the public relations creation that makes people think things. That's the whole point of, of public, public relations. relations. Yeah. It is was to invented. get people to feel good about doing the things that the oligarchs would like to see happen. Yeah. You right? could know get about that. Get them on board with that. You should so watch I'm, Adam Curtis' Century of Self. Yeah. I knew about that a long time ago. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, often I'll just say, if, if, if I remember stuff from the conspiracy world, I'll type it in and then put conspiracy and see what comes up. Some of it is like aliens and bullshit, and some of it is like valid sources from the New York Times or whatever. Maybe we shouldn't say aliens and bullshit. We should say... Highly unprovable things like yes. aliens. And then some of aliens. it is highly provable things that you like, just don't know about. Right. So uh, I, I Googled like Rand Corporation conspiracy. And then their whole project now is countering conspiracy. So everything that you, the conspiracy is, when you try to find conspiracies about Rand Corporation, it's just pages of links of the Rand Corporation telling you how conspiracies are bad. And they didn't do it. <laughs> It's it's highly ironic and beautiful. Okay, I'm sharing a link in our in our feed to the Century yeah. of the Self. Oh boy, this is a free documentary created by the BBC that mm -mm -mm. you can watch on YouTube for free. Did yeah. I say that it's free? That's like four hours of documentary right there. Free knowledge. It's pretty good. I, I consider that a baseline for so much of the stuff that I oh talk God. about. And he talks about how Sigmund Freud's nephew developed the concept of public public relations in the U.S. for um, like, where did he start? Because propaganda had bad connotations. Propaganda was a bad word because of the Nazis, but no, public uh, relations. Oh, I thought it was because of the Nazis. I think it's a Russian word. 
Okay. Anyway, couldn't say let's do propaganda in the U.S., but they can do public relations in the U.S. And I, one of the first campaigns that he started with was how to get women to smoke cigarettes. So what they did is they um, paid a bunch of suffragettes during the women's voting movement to march in the New York City New Year's Day parade and smoke cigarettes and call them freedom sticks and talk about how they were poning the Liberty. men by holding a phallic symbol and taking some of their own back. Yes. And now women smoke cigarettes. Right. So <laughs> they, the Rand Corporation. That's public relations. It's making you think things that you didn't think on your own. Right. So the Rand Corporation apparently is an organization that is crafting messages for public relations on be- behalf of the military. Take that as you want. Trent so, McCauley says you guys are awesome. New that, follower. Yay. Thank you, Thanks. Thanks, man. Um, so that was the first meme. Okay. Okay. The first meme, same text. It's just the text. And then that meme, why did the protected have to be protected from blah, blah, blah. And then partly false information. Right. And then they, we get this link from the Rand Corporation through whatever that fucking focal news or whatever the fucking. Local news. No, it's like fact check. Local sides. No, lead stories. Lead stories. Which um, you guys might really like this resources resource, allsides.com, like allsidesofthestory.com. It's a place where you can kind of go to get an idea of the political leaning of the news sources that you're getting your information from. Yeah, Lead Stories has a fake version of that. Because when you go to Lead Stories, it says fact check, analysis, correlations, and then blue feed, red feed, and coronavirus. They've got to craft messages for everybody. Oh. How do I need to get it in you? How can do I get a blue it? filter or a red filter? What do you need to hear? How do you want me to get this information into how your do, head? How do you want me to get it into you? Here, so you I'm, choose. You click on the blue, and we'll tell it to you in blue terms. In blue terms. Yeah. I'm on the post-Orthodoxy Twitter right now. You guys can follow us there, um, twitter.com slash post-Orthodoxy. Um, we're trying to gain a following there so that we can have conversations Mm-mm-mm. with people beyond the Facebook algorithm. That's right. God, we had to go to a lot of work this week. And um, we're, we're in the process of setting up a Discord server for our website so we can actually have conversations past the one-on-one that we're doing here on the show for you today. We yeah. can actually get a little deeper into Absolutely. the stories. Absolutely. So um, your post from yesterday, now would be a good time to brush up on thinking. No, no, wait. Uh, the, <laughs> that too. Other post. The writer said, quote-unquote, quietly too much, twice in the opening paragraph. Otherwise, this is some interesting information. I never like it when people put adjectives in their news stories. The Please. FDA quietly updated their, their numbers. Like, yeah. don't, don't do that. So breaking news. Reported by Kyle Becker. He's got a blue check mark next to his name. That means he's real. Which gives me, we at least know that Twitter has said this is a real person. He's yeah. the chief editor and CEO of Becker News. Okay, you've got your own name on it. Um, f- f- former writer and associate producer for Fox News. Uh-oh, that's going to make a lot of people not want to ever Her. listen to anything he says. Um, as seen on Newsmax, OANN and Blaze TV, blah, blah, blah. He has 205,000 followers. The CDC finally admits the huge number of Americans that have natural immunity. So I, I know. Sh- yeah, I shared this from somebody who is definitely on the red feed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I could, I'm looking at his, uh, at his website, yeah. right? How many Americans have natural immunity? 146.6 million people. That's over half of the U.S. Yeah. No, no, not quite. Not quite. We have about 330, 
five, 335 million people in the U.S., a little less than half have been proven to have natural immunity, which means there are probably proven. more people right. that have it. Um, the Centers for Disease Control, I'm just going to leave out his adjectives, <laughs> yeah. has acknowledged that far more people have natural immunity than was earlier reported. The CDC acknowledged that a staggering 146.6 million people have been infected by the SARS-CoV-2 virus and have survived it. Uh, the CDC updated its May figures in October after declining to update the numbers for five months. This mm. is a problem that I'm having with any time I try and look stuff up on the CDC. Okay, now wait. Let's just stop right there. Ooh, he worked for Fox. Ooh, he's a red guy. What is he doing? He's <clears throat> quoting data from the CDC. Yeah. How many of your people are quoting data? So he's quoting data from the CDC. Yeah. So he might have a bent on it and have some adjectives you don't like, but let's look at the information that is being presented by the CDC. Yeah. Which is... Um, natural immunity does not have a lobbyist in D.C. Natural immunity is not paying any part of Rachel Maddow's $30,000 a day salary. Nobody makes any money if you just get sick and get better and then don't get sick again. I think it's something worth considering. You I don't think it's a wild yeah. conspiracy It's not crazy theory. to follow the money. It's not like yeah. a crazy concept. What are you, a nut? <laughs> it's not like a weird thing. Money would affect things in a, a like a, in... What do we call this in the, in the late stage capitalism? Money actually has an effect on like policy. Like people make decisions based on how much money they could make. What are you? Are you a nut? People make decisions Fucking based on how much wacko, money they could make. Wacko. No, all of the people in power in the U.S. care about your life and well-being. Yep. All of them. Your leaders are here to protect you. Um, let's go. Shut up, America. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Uh, yeah. So. Updated October 2nd, estimated COVID-19 infections, symptomatic illnesses, which at least they're clarifying that finally. There's a difference between a positive test and an actual right, case right. of symptomatic illness, hospitalizations, and deaths. The CDC estimates from February 2020, even though we know that coronavirus was this coronavirus was present in the U.S. far longer before February 2020, and September 2021, uh, 146.6 million estimated total infections. Yeah. 124 million estimated symptomatic illnesses. I think it's interesting that they think that half of the country has somehow never had SARS-CoV-2 float through their nose. And just didn't get sick. Yeah, they don't No, really, no. What? They're saying only half of the country has had SARS-CoV-2 even infect them. That's, I don't, I'd like to Different, know how they're coming to that. Why do they think that half the country hasn't had SARS-CoV-2 float through their nose? <sighs> Anyway, this is the data. These are the data mines that we lose our eyesight to the outside world in in the course of the week. We go down and try to figure out what the fuck that means, which means you have to figure out what the fuck that means, mm -hmm. which means you have to figure out where that came from. So we don't read this stuff lightly and we appreciate you like we can't just give you the headlines and say goodnight. We're actually still in the process of learning stuff and you're watching the process of us understanding shit. So yeah. thanks for sticking with us. I still haven't had anything make me think that. That we're, that we're wrong. Well, this is Yet. why I made this post. I said, help me understand. That's the yeah. lead of the post. Help me understand why we're asking questions. We're not yeah. here saying you should go do shit. We're saying we're not just go get vaccinated. We're saying why and what, right? And rather than saying, well, here are some good data. CDC is not credible data. We already told you they're fucking proxy, proxy advertisers for the goddamn pharmaceutical company. We covered that a few minutes but ago. But we do start there. 
and include what they say. We do. Along with NIH, John Hopkins, WHO, and other global health organizations. Because they undermine themselves in their own documents. Yeah. You don't have to go to crazy conspiracy sites to find out what's going, how the yeah. information is being manipulated because you can see it happening in lifetime. So I made this post. Um, I got the partly false information. The military came in and said, and said, <laughs> to correct <"Don't."> me. <laughs> and so vaccination works. And we're like, we know vaccination works. What yeah, we're but- <laughs> saying is this thing is not working. That's true. So thank you, Rand Corporation. So yeah. you posted it again with. Um, so I posted it again and I used a different image. A meme that Just has some- nothing to do with COVID. Has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, so, like, nobody really saw that other one. I think I got six comments and, like, four people liked it. And the comments were me saying, I'm going to make more of these bitches, right? <laughs> and then this next one um, did not get a flag. Nice. And I had 28 comments, a lot of engagement. Good um, conversations with people. And the memes influenced the tone of the conversation. Because people were reacting to the, to the photo meme. as w- if it was part of what you were saying. In relation to the thing that I, the same thing I keep posting. I do different photos and then people have very different feelings. They have feelings because they're including, instead of just see, like, because they don't know it's an experiment. So they think that your photo is commentary on what you're saying. Right. If you are on Facebook, feel free to go to my page, Dark Sevier. Mm-hmm. And scroll through the comments uh, because it was really great. We spent, we actually just spent the entire day on the couch yesterday Finally having engagement with our community. Armchair warrior. We have been denied from that engagement. When we produce something and we're like, hey, guys, maybe this is important information. We get shut down. Let's have a conversation about this. Nope, nobody's going to see it. So I tried this experiment and it was fucking highly successful. Yeah. Um, I I still have lots of comments to do. I still need to go and respond to people. Some people are upset. Some people are, are, are feeling like me pointing out that it's a bad idea to vaccinate kids against a disease they're not at serious risk for. Me asking that question somehow makes them defensive. Mm-hmm. And then they're mad at me, even though I just ask a question and they're not giving me a really good answer. So, and that's frustrating. And it's, it's a, what is the topic? Your children. Of course we all have strong feelings about this. Fuck. So I did another one. I went to the next one and um, it's two doctors looking through uh, a microscope. microscope and it says it appears to be mutating into a totalitarian dictatorship. I thought, okay, let's see how that goes. Four comments. Okay. Uh, it's because you said totalitarian dictatorship, and we really don't like to talk about that. Right. So that one. We not, really don't want people thinking about that. Not much traction. And then I had some other strange um, pop image of two adults uh, holding their heads high above their bodies. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that image. I'd just been waiting for I was going to put that in my Facebook story, and I just like, I'll just throw that image in there. Um, because I think we are kind of losing our heads, I have to say. 39 comments, a lot, a lot of comments, a lot of traction, and a lot of people got defensive with this image of people losing their heads. Um, and again, people did not produce good document. They produced public relations phrases, safe and effective, blah, blah, blah. Right. But whenever I asked for where the data is for those public relation phrases... They turned to ad hominem attack and told me, you're not a doctor. What, you studied all this stuff? I'm like, I kind of have been studying this stuff for two years now. Yeah. Um, 
I, and actually, I can listen to people who are experts, not just in epidemiology and virology, but statistical analysis and mass psychology and um, trauma and all the things, uh, economic policy. These are all, COVID is not just this thing. Oh, everything's been wrecked by COVID. No, everything's been wrecked by our reaction to COVID. If we, if we pretended like COVID didn't happen, we wouldn't have noticed it. Some old people would have got sick. It would have been a bad flu season. People said that in the beginning. They were conspiracy nuts. Yeah. Now you go back and you start looking at the numbers. Yeah. We can look at the numbers now. You can, can go back and look at the numbers. We can look at the death. This is one of the things that we were evaluating so much last year is like excess deaths, excess deaths. Are more people dying than usual? So I think Italy just downgraded their estimate of COVID deaths, and I think they they uh, reduced it by something like over ninety percent. Going back of COVID with COVID, all that shit started getting calculated. Yeah, Italy went back because Italy was one of the case studies of like it's gonna kill us all because yeah. they were kind of the first place the world started looking at globally was like I, oh my yeah, god, and I know we're this information is just gonna make people mad. Because the implications of what we're saying means that the, the mainstream corporate narrative is not only wrong, but dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I went and did another meme. This one is the same thing. Help me understand why are parents willing to put their kids at risk for something, for an experiment with unknown consequences. Yeah. Against something that does not put them at significant risk. I asked that question again, and I share an image. The image is from an FDA document. Suddenly I get another warning. <sighs> I'm sharing a document with highlighted lines from the FDA. And they don't say it's wrong information. They just say, get vaccine info. Okay. And it's just newspaper articles from Butte, Silverbow, Health Department, blah, blah, blah. I had a friend this weekend... Now I finally found a way to get around the algorithm. I had a friend this weekend respond to one of my posts, which is like... Oh, it's great. You should talk about that because it's right in line with this juncture. Yeah? Is that okay? Yeah, do it. So... Um, Share that information because that's the shit people just don't fucking know. It, well, now I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> how, many, how many kids there are in the country, how many died of COVID, the risk factor. I thought that's what you were talking about. No, I, oh. was, I was talking about how I... Um, I shared uh, a post because I, this is really hard for me. It's really hard for me to talk about stuff that involves children. Like it's really, Fuck. sorry, I left this thing on your face for a little while. It's really hard for me to talk about stuff that involves children. I just want to tear the sky down. And so Dirk's been like gently massaging, like we really do need to, we need to, I'm like, maybe we should just stop talking about COVID altogether because I feel like we lost. I feel like we fucking lost. When I saw the news that Pfizer had given the emergency use authorization for children 5 to 11 to get these treatments that are being called vaccinations, I was like, that's it. It's the end. It doesn't matter how many people we tell now because we've, we've lost the final generation. They're, they're giving it to the babies now. Like, I feel, I guess I didn't even realize that I was kind of hoping we could avoid that. We yeah, could maybe just, I was hoping we could avoid just that. keep it to a consenting adults. 
It was bad enough when they dropped it down to 12 years old because there are a ton of extremely emotional and anxious teenagers that just want to have a normal life and mm. are going to go and get these treatments because so be normal. that gives them permission to go be normal again, mm. to be kids. And I'm like, if we could just keep this bullshit to the consenting adults, then we might be able to move forward in this in in like move forward and be okay in the future. But now they've opened it up to the kids and I feel like we've lost. So I got a little, I'm like, I don't know how to talk about this rationally. And, but I'm like, we need to, so I'm willing to have a conversation. Blah, blah. So I posted on my Facebook. Um, I used an angry, my little memoji thing on Facebook where you can make a little person that looks like you. That's a cartoon uh, with some flames of anger behind me. And I said, it doesn't, keep you this is me trying to avoid the algorithm it doesn't keep you from getting sick or spreading it's known that kids are not at risk why are you jabbing the kids with the unknown and i just feel like a nutter for even using the word jab and it got through and i would think jabbing would be on the ai's radar i would think it would be on the ai's radar by now because i've tried to avoid that just to avoid the ai in my experiment yesterday 54 comments and one of my friends one of my former friends. Um, so I shared a bunch of data, you know, and then one of my former friends very early on said, literally just get the jab and stop listening to TikToks for your science, which is funny because all of the data that I had shared at the top was from the Census Bureau, the CDC, um, uh, let's see, AAP News, the the um, Center for Pediatric What What in the U.S. Like I shared data from like real, not TikTok. And I said, <laughs> I literally get all my data from the CDC, the WHO, the NIH, John Hopkins, VAERS, Yellow Card MHRA, which is Britain's VAERS, the Lancet, the Oxford Center for Evidence-Based Medicine, JAMA, et cetera. Please stop assuming that everyone who disagrees with you is an idiot. And then he unfriended me. He didn't want to stop assuming you were an idiot, I guess. He was invested in that now. Yeah. Because if you're not an idiot, that means that he might be wrong. So it's better to just Easier not talk about it. to cancel your ass than to have to look at myself. That's what we just, that's what happened Better there. don't touch for a while. Better don't touch for a while. <laughs> it's, from, <laughs> it's from Jungle Jam and Friends, the radio show, oh. which is like a Christian kids radio program that I listened to growing up where yeah. one of the characters encounters some Russian elephants. Oh. And he like gets a bump on the head and then wakes up from his concussion. They're like, better don't touch for a while. <laughs> you know, they give him some borscht. Well, can we take this moment to talk about the post where you were sharing that info? I think it's important briefly share that information <laughs> yeah. about if we're going to vaccinate the kids, yeah. what evidence is there that that's a good idea for the kids? Right. I'm not talking about grandma and that whole premise. We can deal with that later. The premise that the, that the youth is, is responsible the, to take care of the uh, older generations, which is not no, the point of homo sapiens. It's not talking about older generations. It's talking about the young and healthy taking care of the people on the edge of death. Psychologically. Sacrificing themselves for people who are about to die anyway. Psychologically and psycho-emotionally, it's a beautiful philosophical concept of protecting the weakest member of the tribe. That's, I love that yes, concept. Yes, I, I love that concept too. I do not love giving an untested medical treatment to non-consenting children who have been brainwashed into thinking they should give up parts of their health for the sake of of other people of, of we exist to take care of the youth. The youth do not come into existence to take care of us. They're being called heroes and superheroes and warriors. The propaganda makes me sick. 
If so what, just what data did you want me to show? Well, how many how many kids are there? 75 million. There are 75 million kids in the U.S. In the U.S. alone. Out of all those kids, how many uh, were marked dead from COVID? All right. It's in your thread there somewhere. There are 75 million, 74.2 as of 2010, so probably more now. Yeah. 75 million, I rounded up to. Yeah. People under 18 in the U.S. 75 million. 75 million. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. How, what Seven, five, zero, yeah. zero. I'm trying to get out of my um, yeah. my image. It's not letting me get out. <clears throat> um, yeah, the whole thing just froze up. There we go. All right. So 75 million kids in the U.S. 535, 595 U.S. kids died from complications of COVID-19. So under 600. Over two years. And I don't have that data right in front of me, but from what I understand... I do. It's from the CDC. Oh, well, over 90% of those deaths were people who already had comorbidities, right. cancer, leukemia, obesity, mm-hmm. etc. So if you, if you had to drop the number down to kids who died without comorbidities... Kids where they died and we had no idea they might get sick. They were just a kid. Shockingly They got dead. sick, had no other issues. But I don't even need to COVID do this because the number is still number. so egregious. It's still so egregious. We don't even have to do that with this. If we're keeping the conversation to should we give. I just wanted to make it more egregious. Should we give a treat? We don't even need to, though. I know. Kevin Noel Olson says, hi, Seviers. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I want to be clear. <laughs> I care about deaths. Yes. I care about people that die. I care about people that die from things that are not just COVID. The problem is over the last two years, we've been brainwashed into not caring about any death except COVID deaths. Not depression deaths, suicide deaths, wife-beating deaths, economic crush, Malnutrition killing businesses. Deaths, not um, going in for diabetes treatment. What about all the deaths? What about uh, the starvation rates that we reversed? Starvation had been going down globally until these not lockdown anymore. things, and now that's going back up. Those people are going to die. Not from COVID. From our reaction from to our COVID. From our reaction to COVID. And those deaths don't count, I guess. They don't really yeah. matter. Those. When was the last time you knew how many people in your community had committed suicide this month? Mm. But you know how many people have died of COVID. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this is a public relations campaign with moving goalposts all the time to when, keep people emotionally engaged to a story that is not time, backed up by data. When was the last time that you knew how many people in your community had died from uh, an alcohol-related car accident in your community? There's a lot of uh, unintended consequences to the lockdowns that are going to be, those numbers are going to be coming in for Do you know how many decade. people in Montana have died this year from drug overdose? I know nationally that drug overdoses are up by 30%. We're not talking about these things because we're getting paid. We're not talking about these things because we have an agenda. We're talking about these things because we're concerned. And our concerns are different than some people's concerns. That does not mean we are not concerned. So 595, 595 U.S. children died from complications of COVID-19 out of 75 million U.S. children is a 0.000 and I'll round up eight. Zero point zero 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 eight percent chance. Thank you, Windows. Zero point zero zero eight percent chance of dying from complications of COVID nineteen 
for a child in the U.S. So why are we vaccinating them? Why are we vaccinating them? They have a higher risk of dying from the flu. That's true. That's much data that higher, can be looked up. Much higher. They have a higher risk of dying from diabetes than COVID-19. They have a higher risk of slipping in the bathroom and killing themselves than dying from COVID-19. But and, we're not like putting sandpaper on everybody's bathroom floor. And the thing that we're giving them does not keep them from getting sick or spreading it. Or spreading it. So this idea that getting it for the adults, getting the kids for the adults. Or taking I a, don't have the data in front of me, but they they're... This is why being on the post-Orthodoxy Twitter feed is good because we have a cascading series of um, data coming in all the time with data like that particular piece. Um, they found that people who share a household, so the story is you got to vaccinate the kids because they share a household. doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. In shared households, you're going to have the same numbers because it's not a short exposure. So if you get vaccinated, you might be... It might help you have lesser uh, effects of the virus early, but the kids aren't having serious effects to the virus. So giving it to the kids means that it's fucking with your immune system because we've already covered that 12 times in the show. It When it leaves, it leaves your immune system more compromised than when you got the vaccine I for think, this particular virus. I think next week we should um, do a bit with that data that you found because we, we've been watching some virologists who are breaking down the difference between natural immunity versus vaccinated immunity, which we've known because we have been actually vaccinating people with real vaccines for a, like a long time. And so we understand the differences in how that behaves in the homo sapien community. But we don't have that data in front of us right now. But I think we should no, it's go really into important. that specifically So that next whole premise week. of shooting up the kids to protect the elders because they live in a house with elders, it doesn't matter. If you get the vaccine, you will still get and conduct in the house. Yeah. It just might change the time frame. Um, and then compromise the kids in the process, putting them at unnecessary risk of heightened risk of myocarditis, periocarditis, mm -hmm. and a whole list of other things that the CDC knew there was going to be collateral damage. Some kids are going to die. And, and that's what your last meme get said. Up. Was like the yeah. CDC said, we know that this vaccination causes harm. Yep. But we feel as though the harm that it causes is outweighed by the harm caused by COVID-19. Who's the we in that statement? <clears throat> the FDA. Huh. Who's in funded by the pharmaceutical company. Interesting. Interesting. Here, maybe I should share this little piece of data before. The whole point is it should be a choice. It should be a choice. It should be a choice. And, and, and shaming people out. into this choice is uh, really problematic. And brainwashing people into this choice is problematic. It should be a choice. I am not anti-vax. I am pro-choice. I am not giving health information. I am trying to help people have informed consent. I am not giving health advice. I'm trying to help people have informed consent. Scroll down to the bottom of that um, document. There's a Daniel Alexander tweet. Now, I don't know who Daniel Alexander is. I'm sure you can go find him, and he probably has, like, he might have a Confederate flag somewhere. I don't fucking know. <sighs> the information, however, I'm not going to shoot the messenger because I did look up this information, and you can find this information outside of Daniel Alexander's Twitter page. Here's the meme. Here's the tweet. Scott Gottlieb was the FDA commissioner from 2017 to 2019. Okay. While the commissioner... No, wait, what's the FDA? The Federal Drug Administration. They Who's, approved the vaccine for the kids. The Federal Drug Administration's job is to... Decide if something is safe for the public or not. 
FYI, vitamin D is not FDA approved. Interesting. While commissioner of the FDA, Gottlieb helped expedite the approval process of experimental drugs. Okay. That's, that's his job? No. Well, see, the FDA makes money from pharmaceutical companies. Right. By, um, it's kind of like, it's, it's akin to some sort of like, hey, I hate to see something happen to your business. <laughs> you know, uh, you're, I'd hate to see something terrible happen to your business, right? Give me so, $5 and I'll make sure that they I'll don't make sure your that car. people don't, yeah, right. So that's what happens with the FDA and the drug companies. The drug companies pay them fealty. They pay them money to be recognized by the FDA. And then in return, you have somebody like Scott Gottlieb, who's the FDA commissioner from 2017 to 2019, help expedite the approval process of experimental drugs, drugs the long-term consequences we do not know about. Okay, I don't like that. I feel like if the FDA hasn't even approved vitamin fucking D, they shouldn't be approving experimental things. The whole point of them is to be like the, the last bastion of safety. If something's FDA approved, it ought to be the safest thing ever because of rigorous testing. This is criminal activity. Gottlieb now works for Pfizer. Huh. Pfizer just had an experimental drug expeditiously approved. These are all true things. Can't make it up. Like, you want to try to make up a terrible, evil conspiracy theory? You can't make it up. I'm going to go further down here. Um, here is a uh, tweet from Sandra Nova. This is the last thing on the page, and I think it's worth looking at because I want you to click on the hyperlink at the bottom. Okay. Almost two years later, we don't build any hospitals or an improved healthcare system and yet we have a fancy $1 billion plan for the digital Vax passport rollout. Wow, that's like a, a lot of money. Now, people will say, oh, but we didn't know it was going to be like this. We thought it was just going to be two weeks. Mm-mm. Wait, wait. That's what people are going to say, right? Well, we didn't spend all the money on the hospitals, and we didn't like really take care of the most vulnerable among us. Instead, we locked everybody down against the advice of anybody who knew anything about it. Yeah. We, it was just a mistake. Whoops, okay. our healthcare professionals were just doing the best they could. In a tough situation. Click on that link. Okay. Somebody was like, you think John Hopkins is involved in a vast conspiracy to blah, blah, blah? That was on one of my feeds. <laughs> well, uh, let's look at this document. The Spars Pandemic. Sp- spars? Yeah. Spars pandemic? The Spars pandemic <laughs> between two, 2025 and 2028. That was the... when. Wait, so when was this written? 2017. <laughs> it is the playbook for how this virus played out. This is the part where I feel like there was kind of a whoopsie at one of the labs where they were like, <laughs> we were yes. totally engineering a virus, but we didn't mean for it to get out yet. Right. I Sorry, feel like guys. there was a major whoopsie and they had all this stuff in place. And it's like when the heist starts going on, like when the when the person that's supposed to start the heist in the bank does their cue too soon and you just have to roll into the whole heist it feels- unprepared. But you have the plan in place, so you just enact the plan. And the plan was there's going to be massive deaths and an insane social turnover, and we're going to use it to enact changes on society. But instead, there weren't massive amounts of deaths, but they just went with the heist anyway. And this is the part that makes me feel like it like, got out a little too early. This <laughs> says makes me sound like a crazy person. <laughs> the Spars pandemic that lasted for three years. This hmm. is a playbook to help medical professionals, policymakers, 
I wonder if the Rand Corporation had some play in this. We could look up all of these people. Policymakers, government, and media know how to deal with some pandemic should it come for three years. The SPARS pandemic. The SPARS pandemic. So for This the- is a project of the John Hopkins Hospital. For those and, of you, and if like you guys, read it, it's like sixty pages. If go, put that link in here. Go read that link. Go read the script that you are an actor in right now. It was written in two thousand seventeen. So when they didn't build hospitals and they did the lockdowns, it's all in this playbook. They knew what they were doing when they were doing it. This is policy that has been engineered over time, and that's the script written in two thousand seventeen. Is this a conspiracy? Yes. Is it a conspiracy theory? No. There's a difference. It's a conspiracy. These are all the organizations, and I think the premise, they're not like, we'll make people stay in their homes and take their houses. But what they're doing is laying out the framework for that to happen. There's a lot of agencies that have to be in play. For this thing to have played out the way that script said it should. You know, Occam's razor is like, whatever the simplest explanation is, that's probably what happened. So that's something to consider. (laughs) Crazy story. You can't make this shit up. As the, awkward. As the redneck tweeter guy Uh, said. Ted Deschner says, Pfizer employees do not have to take the vax. They are exempt. I, I don't have the data on that. I've been love, hearing that. I would love to have the data. I'm also, curious. Also, Congress, I hear a lot of governmental mm-hmm. entities are not required, especially CDC, FDA. I've heard that. I don't have the data on that. We watched some um, C-SPAN footage where a senator was questioning Rachel Walensky, of the, the director of the CDC, and being like, how many CDC employees are back at work in the building and how many of them have been vaccinated? And she's like, well, we're working with health officials to help our employees get vaccinated. I'm like, no, no, no. How many CDC employees have been have gotten one of these treatments? I don't have those numbers in front of me right now. Yeah. Those should be the, the that, first numbers that you we have access to. You're advising everybody to go do this thing, and you should know whether you are doing it yeah. yourself, the person advising the thing. I would think. We don't have this. I'll get. Um, so the Johns Hopkins uh, spars pandemic script. Uh, if you're really interested in the pandemic narratives that are swirling around the world, check this one out. This is a hypothetical scenario designed to illustrate the public health risk communication challenges, public health risk communication challenges. Yes. The. <laughs> This is, this is why censorship got kicked into full gear in the beginning of this, because they already had the script for it. That could potentially emerge during a naturally occurring, infe- I'm glad they put naturally, naturally occurring, naturally occurring infectious disease outbreak requiring development. Why would they put this playbook together and put years on it? That's like the weirdest thing ever. Oh, because it's a fiction. Like, no, you don't need to put years on it. Just, just say, in the event of an outbreak... Like pan- weird. you could do pandemic you know you because could do- then it makes it look like some crazy conspiracy pandemic preparedness handbook. John Hopkins got nuts. together with the government and the media and the pharmaceutical companies to build a pandemic preparedness handbook. 
There's no need to put a date on that. This is a hypothetical scenario designed to illustrate the public health risk communication challenges that could potentially emerge during a naturally occurring infectious disease outbreak requiring development and distribution of novel and or investigational drugs, vaccines, therapeutics, or other medical countermeasures. The infectious pathogen, medical countermeasures, characters, news media experts, social media posts, and government agency responses described herein are entirely fictional. Wow, and they just go right into Facebook. They just go right into like a social media. Like, look at all these social medias that people could be spreading information on. Dun, dun, dun. Misinformation. Unbridled global access to information coupled with social fragmentation and self-affirming worldviews. No, this is a great, this is is a nice resource for anybody who wants to do some good bathroom reading. You can just pull it up on your phone. And go see where you are in their script Holy that they cow. wrote back in 2017. Wow. Find your role in this play. It's in there. Hey, um, thanks to Lily Tuff, Joint Effort, and Deborah Lynch for joining us oh, yeah? on Twitch. Oh, yeah. Hey, Appreciate for being you guys. Um, we have a bunch of folks tuning in on YouTube, on Facebook and a few people on YouTube. Oh, like us on Facebook. Like us on uh, Facebook at Post Orthodoxy. You can find our yeah. page there. That has sort of withered a bit since we are now Post Orthodoxy on Twitter is where we're doing most of our posting because of the AI and the algorithm, the the, the topic of our mm-hmm. show today. Um, and then we also have a website. Yeah, postorthodoxy.com. You can find out more about the show and the, the things that we're doing. You can read bio information on us, whatever. If you, Look, we don't have college degrees we're not being paid by any well-known organization to do this shit. You probably shouldn't listen to anything that we say. Shut up. We have r- real-world experience as being people who uh, unbrainwash themselves. And so that's our, we have a, a... That is our credential. We have increased natural immunity to bullshit. A lot of people have not ever come to terms that maybe the daddy they like doesn't like them. A lot of people have never had to do that. Yeah. That the, maybe the government that <laughs> in decades leading up to this pandemic, the left was like, the government's corrupt. The media is corrupt. The, the pharmaceutical corporations are corrupt. corrupt. And then suddenly like, I'm sure it'll be fine if they, we just do whatever they say now. Mm-hmm. That's called trauma. Yeah. Um, if you are, if, if I say, hey, here's the latest data showing that the CDC said that when the vaccine wanes, you are at increased risk for severe infection, and then they send me a link to CDC on vaccinations when that word doesn't mean anything anymore, that is somebody who is living in trauma. Yeah. Because they are unable to hear the new information because it might mean daddy doesn't love them. That Rachel Maddow may not actually be... She might not give a shit about you. She might be compromised by her advertisers. She might just really like making $30,000 a day. Ted Deschner says, sharing on Rumble. Yeah. Oh, Kevin's pimping the 1918 outbreak... Book again. book again. Is yeah. this the book about Butte that you shared a couple weeks ago? I recently read a book about the 1918 influenza outbreak published on the centennial anniversary in 2018. Yep. There are many parallel events today. One thing presented came from the Armistice Day being an impetus for the third and most major outbreak. Quite an interesting read. Armistice. Oh, I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. Yeah, Armistice Day. Um, Armistice. Can we go back through the 
Facebook algorithm experiment. Sweet. Okay, so then I have that in my reading list. Yeah. Um, it's the same book you mentioned a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, yeah, I have that in my reading list. Thank you, Kevin. So uh, that... Where are we going back to? We're going to go back to the FDA excerpt that I published. That Then they, they told me to get vaccine info. Because oh, I, I see. Because I published this thing from the FDA. Right. And that all that is saying is um, there's some quotes in there saying, uh, well, Oops. read the yellow parts. The most conservatively assumed, the model conservatively, conservatively assumed that the risk of myocarditis, periocarditis associated with the 10 UG dose in children 5 to 11 years of age would be the same as the estimated risk associated with the 30 UG dose in adolescents 12 to 15 years of age. Um, and then it goes down further and it says at a at the lowest evaluated COVID-19 incidence corresponding to the June 2021 nadir, the predicted number of vaccine-associated myocarditis cases was greater than the predicted number of COVID-19 hospitalizations prevented for males and for both sexes combined. So what they're saying is it looks as though there would be more myocarditis cases from the vaccine than from the virus. Let's do it. But the overall benefits of the vaccine may still outweigh the risks of COVID-19. So they know that there will they the data says there will be more injury from the vaccine than from the virus in those cases, in those those afflictions. But they say it might outweigh the unknowns of what else might be coming out of this vaccine. So they're saying we know that this is more dangerous than the virus. We know that it is. But it might be better. Yeah. We know it's more dangerous, but it might be better. You let's should have it. the choice. Yeah, let's do it. Let's you just should have the choice. Trust us. Get vaxxed. You should have the choice. So I put that one up there, and that got like a few comments and not much traction. And then somebody's like, I'm not listening to anything you say because you just post stuff without sources. So I have in here the source, the FDA government media download, which is the entire document where that was pulled from. Um, it doesn't matter if I share the sources. If the information is going against closely held beliefs, people are going to resist unless they have an open mind and are willing to actually know what's going on and actually admit that they might not know. And that's especially scary for parents who are dealing with a lot of effects of this lockdown, of this virus. It's hard to figure out, like a lot of people are homeschooling that have never homeschooled before. Yeah. And then when do you have time to go down a rabbit hole to find out how badly your authorities are lying to you? And Not should, if. And did you just waste two years of your kids' lives? Yeah. Have you just it's created... Just, it, that's too hard. Shut up. Have you just created a child that's going to be in therapy for the rest of their life because they don't know how to read facial expressions? Mm-mm-mm. Maybe not the rest of their life. And that's not there me dissing therapy either. No. I honestly think more people should be in therapy that are than are in therapy currently. That's not me dissing therapy. I'm just saying, like, nobody wants to think that they are causing their child to need therapy. Right. 
So I posted all these memes with the same quote. The last meme, so I had one meme that was like a funny meme about the inefficacy of the vaccines, another meme that was sort of like generic. Um, then a FDA meme, there's actually documents from the FDA. Um, and then I shared this, this other one. I'm going to skip down to the other one. Um, it's the biggest fine in U.S. history meme. So I, I posted the thing that I, that I posted on other, all seven other posts. Help me understand why are parents willing to put their kids at risk of the effects of something mm. that are known to be worse than the thing itself will have on the kids. Yeah. Why are they doing that? Why? And then I have this image uh, talking about the biggest fine in U.S. history of two billion three hundred million in 2009 for bribing doctors. That's a very doctors. large number. Yeah, it, for bribing doctors and suppressing adverse trial results. So I got a, I got a partly false information. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Partly false information. So I go there, and guess who it is? It's USA Today. Oh, if I want to read about how what I've posted is partly false, I have to disable my ad blocker on Chrome. What I usually do is and put go it in make a, money for USA Today. I put it in an incognito window. Go make money for USA Today to find out how this meme is wrong. Do you want to go to that page? Yeah, I just open up an incognito window so that I can see it. Yeah, I had disabled my ad blocker. Don't disable for, your ad for blocker. one turn. Don't just do for it one time. That's why I'm not doing it again. Yeah, Fact checked. Resolved lawsuits against Pfizer alleged marketing fraud, data manipulation. So this is, a lot is of words. this is this is Facebook putting a warning on my post saying that Pfizer was fined two over two billion dollars for fraud. Okay. And data manipulation. So like, oh no, 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 that's partly false. So you go and you read the USA Today thing and it confirms everything that I said, it makes it worse. <laughs> USA Today is a generally considered to be a left-ish yes. media site yeah. based uh, from allsides.com. Yeah. So USA Today says, oh, you know what? This is really partly false because it wasn't just one lawsuit. <laughs> they weren't sued for $2.3 <laughs> billion all at once. Nope. It just totaled. That's the partly false. <laughs> oh, not that they weren't engaging in fraud, bribing politicians, um, yeah. putting dangerous medications out mm. that were not approved and killing people. That wasn't, that wasn't wrong. Here's what actually happened, guys. They were not sued three point whatever billion dollars. Two billion, three hundred million. Two point three billion. They were not all at once. Uh, what actually happened was under, under the, uh, Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, a company must specify the uses of its product in the FDA's new drug application and not market a product in other ways using other words than were allowed after that point. Hmm. The Department of Justice wrote in a press release that Pfizer promoted the sale of Bextra for several uses and dosages that the FDA specifically declined to approve. So the FDA said, you can promote it for this many doses. And Pfizer was like, fuck you, we're going to promote it for this many doses. Yeah. The company paid a criminal fine of $1.195 billion. Oh, they also forfeited an additional $105 million and withdrew Bextra from the market. 
Oh. The Justice Department also said that in 2009, Pfizer paid $1 billion to resolve allegations of civil wrongdoing under the False Claims Act that the company illegally promoted Bextra and three other drugs, the antipsychotic Giodon, the antibiotic Zyvox, and the anti-epileptic drug Lyrica. The company also resolved allegations that it paid kickbacks and illegal payment. See, saying that they resolve allegations. They resolve them. By paying a fine. By paying a fine for having and done it. For having done it. See, it's resolved. <laughs> Pfizer did not admit wrongdoing as part of the settlement. They just paid a <laughs> buttfuck amount of money. Jeez, if they could only afford a lawyer. Wow. Okay, so that's some supremely fucked up shit. Yeah. And people are still like, safe and effective. This is how the CDC fronts for, and the FDA, fronts for the pharmaceutical companies. They make claims... For the pharmaceutical company, the pharmaceutical company can't make for itself mm. in this trying time of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, Carly McGlynn yeah. says, thank you both for asking questions and being willing to discuss the situation, the quote-unquote pandemic. It is absolutely ridiculous to me that wanting to question or discuss things would be met with hostility from any quarters. Fear mm. is a hell of a drug. We love you so much. Thank you for being so brave to be our friend. Thank you for being so Many brave to say something out loud. are not as brave as you. Yeah. Many people are like, hey, I think you're doing a great job. And I appreciate them saying that, and I understand why they say it in private. Yeah. There's not like a moral judgment on, on people saying things nice out loud and people saying encouraging things quietly nope. at all. Nope. Thank you very much. But I really saying, appreciate yeah. that somebody's going public and, and, and willing to be our friend in public. Because you know what's been happening psychologically in this country is the massive social blacklisting and suppression of anybody that doesn't agree with the mainstream story makes a lot of people in the middle feel like probably the mainstream story is the only real story because they're not seeing anybody else talking about it because the algorithm shuts them down. They get kicked out of their jobs. They get canceled online. They get kicked out of the potluck group. So like you coming out and saying things very important and helpful in public is helping some other lurker that thinks they might be crazy. That's right. They think they might be the only person in their friends group that is wondering what the fuck is going on. And they're not the only person. And we have these shows so that we can kind of try to create a space where we can have conversations so that at least the people that tune in and join us in conversations online can know that you're not crazy. You're not the only one. It's not like 79% of the country is aligned with the mainstream story. A small portion of the country believes the mainstream story. And a small portion of the country thinks the mainstream story is totally bullshit. And then in the middle is a giant percentage of the country and indeed the planet that is kind of like confused, concerned, worn out, not sure, um, wondering who they should talk to, who they should trust, thinking they're the only one that thinks this way, worried about saying anything, kind of just wanting to go along to get along, but also not wanting to do anything stupid. Like the, the majority of people are questioning, but we've been shut down and blacklisted and canceled by the mainstream story and the few loud voices. Yeah, but she said, so thank you. So post-Orthodoxy is trying to create a space where we can have these conversations. And we're willing to be uh, canceled by every single fucking friend we have in town. Because they ain't really friends if they're not willing to have a civil dialogue about the most important issue of the time. Calling us names and saying that we're conspiracy nuts is a cop-out for not having data to back up your position. 
We appreciate everybody that's been willing to engage in conversations. Unfortunately, most of those conversations end with us providing data. Oh, people are doing angry faces. I love it. That was me. No, somebody that was not you did so. Oh, my God, that's great. Yeah. And but hearts. first you have to get mad. And hearts. I did some ha-has earlier. Uh. Um, this really oh my helps. God, there's all these scenes coming up now. Yeah, it really helps a lot. Thank you so much. Um, Makes me feel like we're not alone. Yeah, God, it's such a good feeling. <sighs> We've had some very, very intelligent friends engage with us on these subjects and then completely ghost us because we did not end up agreeing with them by the end of the conversation. And I think, I don't, I want to move to a place where we can have a society where people can disagree and still talk. The problem is this issue has been so hyperinflated in people's psyches that if you disagree with me, then you're dangerous. Like we need to be able to talk about something that we disagree about and understand that even if I present data and you don't come around to my position, that doesn't mean that you weren't thinking about it. The hostilities come when people feel threatened and what we're doing by finding data and information that is counter to the popular public corporate governmental pharmaceutical narrative is revealing that there may be a weakness in their armor that they reality may not be as they thought it was just like they think they're taking a vaccine. They're not taking a vaccine. Yeah. And so when you say you are telling people to take a vaccine and it's not a vaccine, that's scary. And I don't know how to say it nice. Yeah. I tried saying it nice for a while, but then saying vaccine got me ghosted. And I think I've been living in an echo chamber of my own Facebook feed where, where very little interaction was happening. So that when finally I tried this experiment that we're breaking down in the course of this entire show, suddenly people saw and were listening. And we and, could have a conversation. And we were having conversation. And I've already been feral boy who's actually having beyond one-on-one conversations talking about serious data that has serious implications that proves that there's a goddamn criminal conspiracy that is running the media, the government, and the pharmaceutical companies, and that they now have kids that you are shoving into their fucking maw. So I have strong feelings about that. And if I'm going to be talking to parents who are posting pictures of their kids eating fucking Slurpees and ice cream for being heroes and getting a Band-Aid on their arm, they don't want to hear this shit. I'm not talking to them, I guess. I'm talking to people, I am actually talking to them as well, because great, you got the vaccine, your kid survived, everything's great. The chances of them having serious consequences immediately are extremely low. But we were told one vaccine, and then we were told, eh, okay, uh, booster, and now it's like, better start getting a third booster, and now they're talking quarterly, and why are they doing that? It's not a different vaccine. The virus They has haven't muted. made a new thing. The virus has moved on. They said immediately this was made for the virus of last year. Delta is kicking its ass. Keep taking it. <laughs> Have another one and another one and another one. Don't you care about grandma? Have another one. It's fucked up. You may be getting them for free, but that does not mean somebody's not making money off of it. Go down in that document to the, the meme that has all the CNN pictures on it. All the news articles. The safe and effective propaganda not supported by evidence. Okay, look. Safe? What does safe mean? And what does effective mean? And is this treatment doing those things? So I said safe and effective propaganda, but this is that image. Look at that image. This is an evolution of the narrative. Okay, so 
February 2021. Single Pfizer vaccine shot provides strong protection for those who've had COVID-19 study, a UK study suggests. Mm. Uh, May 2021. People vaccinated against COVID-19 can go without masks indoors and outdoors. They went back on that real fast. July 2021. CDC updates guidance recommending vaccinated people wear masks indoors in certain areas. Hmm. September 2021. Vaccinated protection against COVID-19 wanes over time, especially for older people. Uh, Let's see. October 2021. 2021 Johnson and Johnson vaccine recipients should get their second dose as soon as it's available. Uh, <laughs> September, 2021, three doses of COVID-19 vaccine are likely needed for full protect, full protection. Fauci says, yeah, October, that's not, that's not immunization. Immunocompromised may need a fourth COVID-19 shot. CDC says why vaccinated people dying from COVID-19 does not mean that the vaccines are ineffective. That's the last headline. They'll tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear. Whatever the living shit is going on. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna send you this link. That's crazy. It's crazy making. Um, it's so awesome it, to have people. This is why people give up. This is why people yeah. give up and just say, just get the shot or just leave me alone or you're a nut. Or you're a conspiracy guy because it's fucking crazy. It's exhausting and crazy making. And you are a hero for being here and having these conversations and listening to this information and sharing it with your friends. Bottom of the page, there's a link to a Yahoo article. Somebody sent me this last night. The very last page? Yeah. Okay. The very, it's the very bottom. This is a Yahoo News. This is a source that you may have heard of before. I don't get Yahoo News. I don't get my news from Yahoo. But people send it to you? Uh, but people send it to me. This, like they say, here, the CDC says vaccine. <laughs> um, Dr. Fauci issued this urgent warning to vaccinated people. Uh-huh. Okay. November 12th. That was two days ago. Yeah, let me read this little quote from Fauci. Um, the vaccinated, are seeing a waning of immunity not only against infection but against hospitalization and to some extent death, which is starting to now involve all age groups. It isn't just the elderly, Fauci said. It's waning to the point that you're seeing more and more people getting breakthrough infections and more and more of those people who are getting breakthrough infections, are winding up in the hospital. So what they think is going on are well-meaning friends on the left and blue camps. What they think is going on is that the virus is getting tougher. Mm. So we need more medicine to fight, uh, fight it off. Like a dirtier dish in the sink. It used to just be a slightly dirty dish in the sink that you could just use a little bit of soap to get clean. But now someone has brought you a very dirty dish that you need a lot of soap to get clean. They don't look at this and see anything wrong. They're like, yeah, the virus is mutating. And it's because of those fucking assholes who that aren't won't getting vaccinated. get the shot. That's that allowed- the people who got the shot are having increased race, uh, rates of all. So it, it used to be old people, and then most people were not Most people yeah. were not going to the hospital. Before, the other age groups were not going to the hospital as yeah. much as the older groups. Now they're saying everybody's going, right? And what he's saying is what Walensky said from the CDC in August, is that when the efficacy wanes, people are prone to more severe COVID infections. Not... They are then prone to infections again. It's really kind of important distinction. I've been doing a thread on my Facebook. Uh, I asked people in very coy terms um, how many, if anybody knew someone who had 
if they knew someone who had gotten sick with COVID symptoms, not just a positive test, because like I've gotten positive tests because of work-related things, but not been sick. Yeah. Who'd gotten sick with COVID symptoms more than once and had not had any of the vaccinations, the quote-unquote vaccinations. Mm-hmm. And I've been having um, a lot of people tuning in. Most people are saying, nope, not a single soul. Some people are saying, yeah, I got it twice. And some people are saying, I know a guy who got it twice. Mm. It's been about 70-30. I need to total up my numbers. Um, and I'll post it in the comments on this video so people can find out. But um, it's been about 70-30 that uh, if you have not gotten any of the COVID preparations, treatments, preventative therapies, you probably have not gotten COVID twice. Mm. Big Dave the Rage Slave shared a YouTube video. Right. Go check that out on Twitch. I'm also looking at a chart. I live. <sighs> There's an amazing chart. I'm going to share this with you guys. This is one of the resources. Mm. This is not me endorsing the Financial Times. No. But this is one of the resources that I've that I go to for information because if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can see that they're pulling data from all of the major health organizations all over the world. So um, it's an aggregator source. It's for an your, aggregator, yeah. yeah, for numbers and it, in a nice visual chart to understand what we're really looking at, a zoom-out picture. It's ig.ft, for financialtimes.com, ig.ft.com slash coronavirus dash chart. Hmm. Um, and let me just pull it up. So I just did a little, I just pulled this puppy up here. So deaths attributed to COVID-19 in the U S and in order to get a clear picture of what we're looking at, I pulled up deaths instead of cases new. Cause if I do cumulative, then it's just like more deaths over time, which is obviously what's happening. But what right. we want to see is how many, what deaths were happening at which times, when were the most deaths happening? When were the most deaths happening? Um, I'm going to select a start date of March 2020. Why not? Um, And I'm showing deaths in per 100K because if I show deaths in raw numbers, um, that's that's you want to see um, a rate, a death rate, not the numbers. Obviously, more people died total in New York City than in Montana because there are more people yeah, in right. New York City than Montana. What we want to see is how many died per one hundred thousand because that gives you a rate that is easily that is comparable across population. So we're looking at deaths attributed to COVID in the U.S. New deaths since March of 2020 Mm. and we're looking at the peaks and we had one big peak when we started um, rolling out a ton of testing in um, (laughs) March, April. I know I sound like Trump. We became aware of a lot of deaths. No, (laughs) No. it would be different if we were talking about cases. So we, um, there were a lot of deaths attributed to complications from COVID-19 a big spike, uh, March, April, May. That was generally believed to be, when uh, we became aware that that's why people were dying. It's, it's more and more stories are coming out over time that there were people dying from SARS-CoV-2 and complications of COVID-19 as early as October and November of 2019, but we weren't looking for it nor marking it down on our death certificates back then. Um, and then we had a massive, 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 massive spike from... Uh, <laughs> 
all the way up to one death per 100,000. Oh, my goodness. Now, bear in mind, there are 330 million people in the U.S., so one death per 100,000. That's a lot of people. I don't know, 330 people per week or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so one one death per 100K. In January, we had this big peak. And then it just started plummeting over the summer. That makes hmm. sense. It's seasonal. People are finding out that there's a seasonality to this thing. There, of course there's a seasonality. It's a That's coronavirus. Why, like, when New York is making fun of Florida or whatever, it's like actually these the, the mandates are not having any effect. Yeah. Over two years, we're saying, oh, this is a seasonal thing where it goes up and down. This is what coronaviruses do. We uh, were just has always done. Have always done. We were just worried that this coronavirus might be way, way, way worse right. than previous coronaviruses. Right. Um, Luckily, it wasn't as bad. Thankfully, as the models predicted, it was not as bad as the models predicted. Um, so, new deaths attributed to COVID. So, I've zoomed out. So, we're looking at September, last September to this September. Let's just make it November. Why not? So, a year, a calendar year back from this. Okay, day. November to November. Right? So, okay, we had good. our big winter spike. December, yeah. January, February, we're a Northern Hemisphere company, country. We're a Northern yeah. Hemisphere country here in the U.S. We have our winter over December, January, February. All the trees go to sleep. Pollution increases. Vitamin D levels drop. Sunshine exposure drops. This is usually when most people experience cold and flu-like illnesses, such as coronaviruses, rhinoviruses, and influenza viruses. Um, and then it just plummeted in the summer, completely plummeted, uh, down to 0 0.07 deaths per 100K per week. Um, this is what we would say is sensible for a new virus coming out. A lot of people get exposed. The unfortunate souls who are at risk die. And if it's not a zombie apocalypse, we develop natural herd immunity hmm. and it stops having lots of cases. Uh, when did, when did the U S start introducing vaccinations? Uh, we started uh, some experiments early in January. Uh, January was when it started in Israel, for sure. Um, but people didn't really start rolling it out. I think Walensky was talking in March that, that CDC data says that you will not get sick. Okay. And you will not spread the virus if you get the vaccine. That was in March. So that was the big push because they were calling it a vaccine and selling it as an actual vaccine. Okay. So I don't know when everybody was getting it, but I think it was somewhere around March before it became more widely available. All right. So um, everything went down after widespread vaccination. That's great. Um, uh, so also, we headed into summer. Why is everybody dying again? Mm. In August and September, the numbers started rising. Mm -hmm. And then I suppose if we were going with the Could mainstream be. story, you start getting your booster shots in October and it starts going down again. So oh, is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But this is a resource you guys can use. Can you go to uh, the the notes document? And I clicked on a Twitter link that I would like you to play. This is a guy who has been, I've been getting some information from. He's a credentialed doctor guy. He's not popular a because doctor. he's um, not funded by Pfizer. Um mm. We have 14 people watching right That's now. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in. Leave us a comment and let us know where you're from. If you haven't participated yet, I appreciate everybody. Appreciate. I appreciate too. I appreciate all y'all. <laughs> I'm just going to stop there. Stop there. This Twitter uh, is a link to this cat who is talking about, again, this is how propaganda moves around. You have a, a, a story goes out and then 
people integrate that into their worldview. Mm-hmm. And then months later, they say, oh, by the way, that story was completely fabricated. But it's too late. Because, because people, people already have, believe it. They believe it, and they've built future information and tie it back to that worldview. And if you change that worldview, then it leaves them discombobulated and feeling psychotic. Right. So let's talk about some of the premises okay. that people are founding or grounding their perspectives on this virus. This is not just uh, a government culpability and uh, malfeasance with respect to hydroxychloroquine. This is academic malfeasance. There were two fraudulent papers, one in the New England Journal of Medicine, one in Lancet, published by individuals interested in doing evil to the world with respect to a beneficial treatment of hydroxychloroquine. In an unprecedented manner, these two manuscripts were withdrawn after two weeks where they could scare the public and the world's physician audience. Since that time, there have been dozens of fraudulent... Reemphasize that. They were then withdrawn. They were withdrawn, and, and the New England Journal of Medicine and Lancet acknowledged that they were fraudulent papers. They were scare papers to scare people on hydroxychloroquine. Since that time, there's been dozens of pile-on... Uh, scare tactics in academics. This isn't the government. This is people in my field, in academic medicine, who are committing academic fraud. I reviewed a paper. I'm a cardiologist. I reviewed a paper that made it into the medical literature demonstrating that hydroxychloroquine causes a heart attack, that hydroxychloroquine causes a giant scar in the heart. And I can tell you, I'm at Baylor in Dallas. We have the world's most recognized cardiac pathology program in the world. Our senior examiner has held in, in, his heart, his hand, in his hands more human hearts than anybody in the history of mankind. Mm. I can tell you firsthand, hydroxychloroquine does not cause giant scars in the heart. So academic medicine is committing a fraud, is committing, a, 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 I think, a crime against humanity. There must be a motivation behind this that's much bigger than just Democrat versus Republican. Would, would you, would... I, I am extremely concerned, honestly, about the the academic contribution to uh, 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 scare tactics uh, 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 in the world. Now, it's not working everywhere. In India, it's given first line. And India is such a crowded country. Anyway. Uh, That's important for you guys to know. Um, Thousands of people in India have been saved from severe illness and death. Uh, Millions. Yeah. Millions. It was an By experiment. hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Yeah, ivermectin. They're like, hey, let's go try this and see if this keeps people from going to the hospital and having to be have a ventilator shoved down their throat. And like, hey, where the fuck hey, did COVID? Works. Where did COVID go? Suddenly, it's not here anymore. I'm going to share that article share again. Share that fucking article again. God, big sky, big Dave the Rage Slave on Twitch uh, shared a video oh. about Thoth's prophecy. Oh. Which is on my reading list from last week, but I forgot to get to oh. it this week because I have like eight reading lists. Is that lists. like Aleister Crowleyan stuff? I don't know. I haven't watched it, but mm. he he gave some breakdowns because it's hard. When you just share a YouTube link, you know, it's hard for people to see what the link is, right? But he he gave a breakdown. He said, um, a man's death who was shot. Uh, video one is Thoth's prophecy. Video two is... A man's death who was shot was recorded as COVID-19. This is one of the reasons why we want to interview healthcare professionals, why we're talking about hashtag hero to zero, is because we don't just want to be going off of propaganda and rumors, but we've heard far too many accounts of people who did not die from COVID-19 
being marked down as COVID-19 deaths. So that video I just showed you, that guy's, uh, again, he's from a big hospital. He's got all kinds of credentials. He's and talking then, about medical fraud. And then my friends are saying, 97% of doctors. I'm like, where did you get that? Is that one of those fucking med- medical fraud? This guy's not that 97%. Yeah. And he's a high-ranking doctor and professor. I'm pretty sure. And academic. So far more than 3% of the world's doctors and scientists yes. disagree with the mainstream story. So here's what happens. We show that video and I can hear the voice of the critics. Yeah. They're like, you are undermining people's faith in our, in our institutions. If they think that there's fraud, then they're not going to listen to the scientists anymore. They're not going to listen to the journals anymore. They're not going to listen to the CDC anymore. They're not going to listen to the goddamn government anymore. Yeah. Stop sharing that stuff. Stop sharing stuff that makes stuff <laughs> dangerous. That scares people because that means you have to fucking redefine reality for yourself. Yeah. And this is what our show is all about. <laughs> if you would like to support us here at Post Orthodoxy for the work that we do, you can always go to postorthodoxy.com and there's a support button. It's true. We have many friends that through the week since we've launched our page have, have supported decided us. to give, be sustaining supporters of the show with maybe just a $5 a month less than the cost of a beer. Credit, it just comes off your credit card every month. You don't have to think about it anymore. And you know your money is going. That's only 60 bucks a year. To us so that we can buy beer. I do like being able to buy a beer after a long day of researching. <laughs> so I- <laughs> we do a lot of work. We spend a lot of time not just doing the research that we do for this show, but trying to still have civil dialogue with people who are um, – spending a lot of energy attacking us on our personal Facebook pages as well as our as well as our show page. And FYI, it doesn't matter how much money you you support us with at postorthodoxy.com, yeah. we will not be manipulated and brainwashed into saying what you think we should say online. Yeah, that's what makes I think this is why I like doing this. This is why I liked having KBMF because I knew that when we said stuff on KBMF, the audience could be assured that it wasn't edited wasn't censored, wasn't, wasn't paid, filtered through paid for. some governmental entity, and that it was just the perspective and opinion of somebody from their environment. Mercurius RX has tuned back in on Twitch. I haven't seen him online in a while. That's great. Uh, it's been a really good show. We're way over two hours. We're way over two hours, but maybe that's why we have more people tuning in on Twitch now. I, right. We've been considering the idea of doing a marathon show. 24-hour show on drugs. Did you just say that out loud? The topic. Oh. <laughs> gonna say <laughs> <laughs> hello mercurius rx welcome right. back because we are building um we have been wanting to build we've been wanting to build a um covid19 murder board show the murder board the murder board the pandemic murder the story board. keeps moving so fast that it's Shit hard to get keeps back happening. get back to the murder they, board they legalized these treatments for children which is blowing my mind sorry it needs to be it needs to be talked about i think it's an important thing to talk about people are like why don't you just trust the government why do you trust the government? That's the best response. Why, Why do, do you, you trust, trust this? The, <laughs> Let me they say don't it again. have a good record of earning your trust. No. Uh, we know that the government is dysfunctional. We know that the media is has, bought and paid for. Has a profit incentive. We know that um, we know that the pharmaceutical companies have a huh. profit incentive. Who doesn't have a profit incentive in this trifecta? <laughs> no one. Uh. We would like to be encouraged to continue to do our work, but we don't. We're doing our work with no profit, mm-hmm. and we'll be doing our work without a profit for some time to come, I imagine. Yeah. But eventually, it might be nice if we were supported by our listening audience. If people wanted to contribute on the postorthodoxy.com 
page. And someday, perhaps, we will not be talking about SARS-CoV-2. Oh, my. I'm so looking forward to talking about other orthodoxies. There are so many other things that we could be changing our minds we about started, and challenging. Like, we started with religious orthodoxies yep. and political orthodoxies. And we talked about the drug war several times. We talked about... Um, Several orthodoxies around drugs. We talked about orthodoxies around geology. We talked medical orthodoxies. This has been an ongoing topic. Medical orthodoxies. We've been talking about financial orthodoxies. Mm. There's a whole other world. The There's a lot of really interesting financial events happening in the world since the largest money grab in the history of the planet where we have... Um, the income inequality gap has become... Egregious. Where's the circus music? We have to get the circus music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And and the left, who is like, we should not be doing that. They're like, well, fuck your Bernie, and we're going to do it harder to you, and you're going to fucking punish your neighbors for not doing it with you. In the butt dry, and you're going to make other people take it too. Fuck. Yeah, that's what happened. So that's why we're talking about it, because um, we do care about your butt. Um, no one should have to take it in the butt dry. In your metaphorical butt. Um, and definitely not without wanting it. We, there's a whole world of sexual orthodoxy we haven't even had the chance to move into. We couldn't on the radio. But now that we're in the outer world, there are orthodoxies around relationships and sexuality that I think also we should be talking about because I think that is tied to our happiness and happiness is tied to health. Hmm. But right Crazy. now, the, the most important story of the day is, is this narrative. Our neighbors feeding their kids into the maw of a pharmaceutical company. Out of love. And it's not out of love from the pharmaceutical company. It's not out of love from the pharmaceutical It's out of love from the parents. From so what we're We know what they're doing, their motivation is. We're trying to say that the motivation of the pharmaceutical company may not be as pure as yours. And maybe just consider that. Yeah. We're not anti-vax. We're pro-choice. And we're not... I've been vaccinated. We're not giving you medical advice. We're hoping to provide you with an opportunity for informed consent. These COVID treatments are not vaccines. Mercurius RX says, fuck Big Pharma. Yeah, fuck Big Pharma. Yeah, fuck Big Pharma. Any, why are we not all saying this? <laughs> oh, because... Um, I don't know. Big Dave the Rage Slave says, the underlying causes of the French Revolution are generally seen as arising from the failure of the ancien regime to manage social and economic inequality. Rapid population growth and the inability to adequately finance government debt resulted in economic depression, unemployment, and high food prices. Combined with a regressive tax system and resistance to reform by the ruling elite, it resulted in a crisis. And he also posted a link to the U.S. Debt clock dot mm. US debt clock dot org. You could know. Mm. You could know things. Thank, Thank you, you so much for that historical based considered um, comment. I was speaking with a friend yesterday. I really appreciate that. And we came to the conclusion that until people do not have enough food. Oh, it was my brother. They I was like, which friend was I talking yeah, to? Yeah. <laughs> it was my brother. He was like, people will keep being. Uh, There's not going to be a revolution until you are hungry. So you'll keep taking it in the butt dry. As long as you as have long food. As, as you have snacks. And I relate <laughs> to the snack part. <laughs> so we want to build a murder board. And uh, we were, we're thinking building, of, we're, we're, we're already thinking, building the murder board. We started it and then yeah. they legalized these treatments for children and I just got We thought that might be a priority to at burn least burn the house down. I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I woke up at like five forty five with like that sort of electric shock feeling of like this is a big issue, 
and it's being rolled out right now, vaccinating these kids. And um, this is my community and, and the world that I live on, and I will be affected by your children and what happens to your children because I live on a fucking planet. So I felt like if I did not make the strongest case possible from the data that I have been researching and finding that has sources and um, uh, credentialed mm. uh, authorities and professionals who are backing up these sources, if I don't share this information, I'm going to feel a little sick to my stomach. So I wrote a piece, which I'll share with you right now. Uh, I wrote a piece that morning which starts in the political realm and then tries to have that set the frame of why are we vaccinating the kids? So I'm going to share that with you if you're interested. Please, if you want to know about my writing, you can always go to um, darksevier.substack and follow, uh, follow me there. And every time I write something, it'll show up in your email. <laughs> and I don't spam you. I don't write that often. So you're not going to be getting a ton of emails, just an email periodically. FYI, uh, some writing maybe for the bathroom. Some writing of the trying to distill um, hours and hours and hours of research that I do every week. Plus my own personal bias and opinion <laughs> slathered over the whole goddamn thing. I'm not pretending to be unbiased. I have a bias and I would like to reform them. So I would um, rather this is why know we the have truth. the show. I would rather know the truth than feel right. Yeah, this is why we have the show, so we can have our biases confirmed and refined to best reflect the current reality of the day. Oh, before you tune off today, before you peace out mm. and with our thanks and gratitude, um, to take these little intellectual tidbits into the world to your friends and loved ones, mm. take a moment and invite three people to please, please, please. subscribe to us on YouTube or yeah. uh, follow us on Twitter or... Join us on Twitch for the best video stream quality, like the best audio video quality is on Twitch. Um, or uh, at least like Post Orthodoxy on Facebook and turn on the little notifications button because mm. unless you do that, Facebook makes sure you don't see that we post. And we post several times a day yeah. sharing news articles and data and opinion pieces in an attempt to help our population uh, have more informed consent. Mm, we like that. Um, the conversational experiment that is on the Dark Sevier page, which is six separate posts, posts with the same text and different memes, and all the varied conversations that erupted on each post is oh, a very gosh. interesting so thing. Interesting. And I really appreciate everybody that participated, and that will be an ongoing conversation. i got to take a break. I've just been responding to people and doing research nonstop for the last 72 hours. Yeah. So we're going to go take a break and soak in the hot springs, make sure the rain gets a little dirty, yeah. and then we'll come back and see you next week. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm showing your Substack article right for people at no time in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys it's an awkward feeling it's oh, an I'm awkward looking feeling forward. yeah maybe show us where we're wrong yeah show us where we're wrong we're guys inviting that and and people get mad because when they try to show us where we're wrong and we can show that that's not correct then they think we haven't been caring about what they were saying which is not true it's not true we just it's like it's <sighs> Thanks for, yeah. Thanks for joining us. So joining um, us the show. we didn't even get to the <laughs> hero to, to zero conversation today. I had I had a United Airlines employee reach out to me anonymously and share her experience. Um, the United Airlines does not require 
any employees to have any vaccinations or medical conditions um, except now this one. Mm. And she left her job and got a better one, mm. but she wanted to share. She, I've been making some posts trying to hear from healthcare workers who have experienced the hero to zero trend. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, I've been hearing from more and more friends who are like, well, if they don't believe science, then I don't want them in my healthcare situation anymore. And I'm like, how many people who are scientists and doctors and nurses and medical professionals need to disagree with the story you believe for you to start questioning the story you believe. Because it's a lot of fucking people, and we really want to get those interviews out there anonymously or otherwise. Um, so yeah, that people, contact us so if you please, have a story. If you know someone who works in healthcare who has had to keep their mouth fucking shut so they don't lose their job or their friends. It's contributing to this idea that 97% of medical people we and know all those other wackadoodles are just not going to get vaccinated. Yeah. So what if we lose 3% of nurses? We've lost far more nurses. We're in a crisis. When you see headlines that say that hospitals can't handle their current capacities, it's because they're very short-staffed right now. That's that's a big part of it. Let's talk about it. That's one of the reasons. Oh, God. We can just keep going. Thank oh, you, everybody, God. for being a part of the show. We continue these dialogues in the course of the week. So we will be having shows over at the Post-Orthodoxy, conversations at the Post-Orthodoxy Facebook page. But please follow us on Twitter and start talking with us there because it's a better space for, Thank you for open dialogue. Our outpost in the borderlands. Post-Orthodoxy is a project of Seven Day Studios. <laughs> we host ongoing interactive conversations centered around cognitive liberty. And you can join in by catching one of our live streams on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You can also catch each conversation after the fact as a podcast by searching for post-orthodoxy wherever podcasts are found. If you take value from the work we are doing and the community we are building together, you can support The Outpost in the Borderlands for as little as $5 a month on our website, BetterTime. That's betterti.me. Visit the Sevier Studios page and subscribe. You can also support The Outpost by following and connecting with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and or Substack. Our post-Orthodoxy theme music was composed by Frank Pascal, and a special thanks goes to our voice actors, Amelia, Colin, Zbo, Rosie, Gabo, Vicky, Mokai, and Tony. Thanks for playing. <laughs> What's outside your reality bubble? I think I dribbled a bit, that last one.